What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Every Sunday night, catch Wrestling Night in America on PWTorchDailyCast.com, hosted by me, PW Torch columnist Greg Parks. Each week, I'll welcome a co-host from the Torch family to discuss the big shows in pro wrestling, taking your calls and emails. You can listen live most weeks beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern. On Sunday nights with a WWE or Impact pay-per-view, we go on the air at the conclusion of that pay-per-view. You can listen live, but of course, the full show is available for download on demand anytime shortly after it airs. Visit PWTorchDailyCast.com and click the live stream link to find the next scheduled live show link. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Wrestling Night in America every Sunday, PWTorchDailyCast.com. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, PW Torch and Spreaker bring you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. It's time to talk this week's WWE Friday Night Smackdown on Fox. All right, Frank, on Smackdown tonight, Finn Balor had a chance to respond to what happened last week with John Cena uh, swooping in and uh, taking away his SummerSlam contract title match. Of course, he there was a middleman in, in Baron Corbin who Balor uh, cleanly dispatched of tonight. Uh, did, did Balor have a good showing tonight in terms of standing up for himself and in keeping himself relevant relative to uh, what people's highs and, high and low expectations might have been coming out of last week's angle? 
Yeah, I was fine with it. I mean, when I wrote the primer uh, earlier today, I would have liked to have seen him do it last week because it would have felt more natural. I mean, if somebody sneaks in and uh, takes my you know, title match and takes my contract, I'd be back there you know, throwing a fit. But uh, that's just not what WWE does. You know what I mean? Like their uh, their show is, you know, A to B to C to D. So they're just they're not going to do that. It's not going to have that feel. So uh, I'm glad they addressed it tonight. Uh, one of the things I picked up on was the, uh, you know, him addressing the uh, the smiling Finn Balor. You know, that was a big topic <laughs> of conversation a couple of years ago. Yeah. OK. And I knew you'd appre- I knew you'd appreciate that. And, and, and it was interesting that he said he specifically said three years ago. I thought that was interesting because that was the time uh, pretty much that all that was going on, you know, and uh, that's the time he was actually feuding with Baron Corbin and he was buying him like little dog houses because he was short, you know, because Vince has to point that stuff out. But I digress. Um, no, I like the way he uh, he handled it. I liked his promo. Uh, I liked that the match was quick. One of my concerns was that they were going to veer off into, you know, a feud with Corbin. And then, you know, Finn would have to pull out a certain character. You know what I'm talking about, the demon. And we would see another demon match against Baron Corbin, which would accomplish absolutely freaking nothing at SummerSlam, you know. So uh, I'm glad they didn't go that way. I'm glad they got the match done quickly. We'll see what happens with Corbin. But, uh, yeah, to answer your question, overall, I'm happy with the way uh, Balor handled things tonight. Yeah, I am too. I, I think it was good to acknowledge the uh, era of the smiling Finn Balor and try to establish that he's he's going to stand up for himself and he's got his edge back. Um, I I also just think he had he he had to you know he had a world champion agreeing to defend his title against him at SummerSlam and it got taken away from him and yes Baron Corbin was the one who 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 you know got in the way first and Cena was sort of there to prevent Corbin from signing it but Cena didn't graciously say oh here Finn here's the contract back you can sign it now that said Cena issued the challenge first and the champ said no and then Balor issued a challenge second and the champ said yes so mm-hmm. in a way you know i think Cena can save face and stand with integrity going, you know what? Just because the champ wanted to avoid me doesn't mean I wasn't the first to step up and challenge him. So I don't think right. there's a bad guy in this scenario between the two of them. And unless they were piping in Cena chance, and I was in the building last week, and I, I everything going on in the crowd that I witnessed matched the chance. Um, mm-hmm. So it wasn't like the chance were there and the crowd is sitting on their hands. Um, if that was again the case tonight, we'll be talking to Josh in a minute, who was in the building. Um, then the crowd's totally behind Cena still. So I think this was a win-win for Balor and Cena. Um, any Anything else on that, Frank? I'll tell you, it, it the love for Cena is interesting. It really is. I actually tweeted that out just as the show went off the air. I mean, the, the reactions that he's gotten since he's come back, you know, and, and the Cena chance. You mentioned, you know, you being in the building last week and everything matching. It's it's definitely interesting. I mean, not to plug my show right off the bat, but doing WWE then and now, you know, I do a 10-year a, a look back. And, you know, we all know what the reactions were for John Cena 10 years ago, okay? And it's nothing like that now, and it's interesting uh, to see happen. And, you know, the other interesting thing is, you know, where they go from here, because I don't know how you felt, but coming out of that show – I'm a little more interested in seeing Balor wrestle uh, Roman Reigns than I am Cena. I mean, I don't think that's the direction in which they're going. But 
the thought crossed my mind. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what they do next week, you know, especially if Cena shows up and, you know, Balor called him out. You know, he's got a bone to pick with Cena. We'll see what they do there. The one thing, please, please, WWE, I beg you, do not do a triple threat match at SummerSlam. Please <laughs> let it just be a one-on-one with either Cena and Reigns. Or if you want to do the WrestleMania 10 deal, you can do that. You know, Cena and Reigns go first. Balor gets the win. You know, whatever. You could do that. But please, by all means necessary, do not do a triple threat. Thank you kindly. I don't think we're headed there. I I, I mean, I it's, it's fair <laughs> to bring up that concern. I think SummerSlam is big enough, and WWE knows, and I've been saying it for years, one-on-one matches are bigger deals than triple threat matches, with a a rare exception, um, where it's just perfect. This would feel like Balor was was just wedged in there to do the job, and and I think people would see through that. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, a number of developments on this show, and we also saw Sasha Banks explain her turn. We'll get into that and more. I, I do want to acknowledge that uh, there were about a dozen cutbacks, uh, roster cuts from uh, from WWE, from the NXT roster, Fightful and PW Insider breaking the news. Uh, the biggest surprise on that list, Bronson Reed. A lot of us thought he was heading to the main roster. He just tweeted, um, I've been cut. Uh, you know how to reach me. I- I'm paraphrasing. Um, so wrestlers out there uh, confirming the news that broke. Um tonight also uh bobby fish former member of uh the the top faction in nxt but also a secondary faction uh has been dismantled with with uh tyler rust um being cut uh uh, leon ruff also uh jake atlas mercedes martinez asher hale um and then some some names who aren't aren't on tv much but those are the major names we'll have uh, a report up on pwtorch.com momentarily. We don't normally talk other news on this show. We save that for the flagships and and the VIP content that we put up um, over the weekend. But I wanted to acknowledge that because it does seem like a, a, a thinning of the roster and a bit of a dismantling of, uh, of NXT, both in terms of gutting their depth tonight, but also... Yeah. And, and some of those names, no big deal. You know, I mean, I, I'm not going to, like, pinpoint... You know, Kona Reeves had no future, or Zachary Smith would never mount anything. I don't. I'm not saying that either way, but it's not like whoa. I mean, they have people coming in all the time who they're training, and they've got to thin thin the herd sometimes. Um, and they have their reasons, and I'm not privy to that. But right. and and you know, and frankly, I thought you know when when Bobby Fish came back, he didn't look like he kept himself in the best of shape. Um, you know, so I'm not shocked by that. They kind of jobbed him out, although they. Um, so so Bronson Reed, I guess, is kind of the one surprise. Um, but I'm, I'm bringing that up because, you know, it's, it's part of the story with Karrion Cross, um, you know, doing jobs two out of three weeks when NXT has this, this SummerSlam weekend takeover angle going with Samoa Joe where it seemed to be undercutting it. So we'll be yeah. following up on that story, uh, Frank, um, and yep. our listeners over the next few days. And I've already got texts out to people in the industry to get their, uh, their take and their framing of this. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know who um, somebody that I... Uh... We follow each other, uh, tweeted. I don't even feel like watching Tuesday. And I said, what the hell is this? <laughs> and then I'm scrolling, and it was it was uh, 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 Sean Ross Sapp. He's, he's fightful, right? I think that's uh, yep. that's his gig. Yeah, I saw his tweet. I just, yeah, it uh, it blew me away. But, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk about it for sure. Yep, sounds good. So um, I want to uh, pause here and introduce the show formally and give out the email and phone numbers so you can participate if you are listening to our live stream here 
after SmackDown. Most of you listen by downloading the show late Friday night or during the weekend, and that's fantastic. We appreciate you doing that. But if you are listening live, uh, thank you for that. If you aren't and you want to listen live on a future show, you can find links to our live streams following Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday night here on the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. The links to the live stream are in my TV reports at pwtorch.com. So I cover the shows live uh, in, in written format, and you can keep up or just get my take on things there. And then uh, that has a link so you can join us five minutes or so after the shows go off the air with our live stream. You can also uh, find a link on Twitter, on our Twitter account, at pwtorch. And you can also just go to wadekellerpostshow.com and click on the link to the latest show. So many ways to find us, and we invite all of you who download the show after the fact to join us for the live stream, which has also the added benefit of having uh, no commercial breaks because we um, those those go in the download shows later. Uh, also, you can email the show at any time, Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. That's Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. I'm Wade Keller, host of the program, the editor and founder of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter, and the website pwtorch.com, the host of the Wade Keller podcast and post shows, including yesterday's Thursday flagship, our Wade Keller podcast, the Thursday flagship, featured PW Torch VIP analyst Todd Martin, and we covered a wide array of topics. Uh, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, Bray Wyatt, uh, Adam Cole, and... Uh, AEW Dynamite, NXT happenings, Raw, SmackDown, SummerSlam hype, all kinds of uh, big topics. It was just an amazing week. It's really been an amazing summer of news. Hope you check that out if you haven't yet. Uh, If you aren't subscribing to our Blue Logo show, our regular podcasts, be sure to uh, do that. Just search Wade Keller on your podcast app, and be sure you're subscribed to both the Red Logo and the Blue Logo shows. The Red Logo is the post shows. The Blue Logo are the regular podcasts. And there are multiple shows throughout the week on both feeds you should be checking out. The other voice you hear is Frank Pettiani. He is a PWTorch.com contributor. He does the Raw and SmackDown primers on Monday and Friday afternoons. And he also hosts his very own, prior mentioned, uh, PWTorch VIP podcast, where he uh, goes back in time and looks at WWE pay-per-views of the past with a mix of special guests and the show series is uh, was new last year on the PW Torch VIP podcast lineup, WWE Then and Now. His latest episode reviewed the WCW Bash at the Beach 1996, and also some analysis of current happenings. Frank, welcome back to the co-host chair. Hey, Wade. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, looking forward to doing this. And ironically, I am in the same location uh, that I was when I did the last show with you, which was about two months ago. Probably around the same date, I am in Los Angeles. Oh, wow. So uh, in the same, probably in the same room too, which, uh, well, I don't know about that. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a little bit of irony. But uh, anyway, happy to be on the uh, show. Looking forward to talking to the uh, callers and uh, the on-site correspondent. Absolutely. You are a, a pilot, uh, and therefore that's why we, we never know where you're going to be. <laughs> it's always yes, an adventure. Uh, that- there's, there's a term for that that I'm thinking of, but I'll, I'll think of it later. And, uh, you know, so. so. <laughs> Sound, sounds good. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Let's uh, take some calls. And then, as I said, we've got uh, Josh and Tampa who attended tonight. Also um, is going to uh, join us. Our phone number. Did I mention the phone number? I feel like I didn't. 347 215 8558. That's 347-215-8558. When you call, push one on your keypad. Uh, uh, push one on your keypad. That flags you on our switchboard. Otherwise, you'll just be with a bunch of other people uh, down lower who are just listening in and don't want to be on the show. You can call and at any time push one uh, to get in the caller queue. And uh, we always love to hear from our regulars. We also love to hear from new callers. So, um, Feel, feel invited. Consider yourself invited. Let's begin with uh, Edward in High Desert, California, first caller of the day. Uh, Edward, thanks so much for calling. Uh, what do you think of SmackDown tonight? How's it going, uh, Wade and uh, Frank? I, I think you're going to the uh, Unsight correspondent, um, so I wasn't ready. Uh, sorry, no no problem. Yeah, yeah no worries. Uh, you know, I, I'll say, like, initially watching SmackDown and that, I thought it was, I was like, it's, you know, this is including this show, it was three weeks to SummerSlam, and it was like, very, it felt very light, and I was surprised to see that uh, Cena wouldn't be on there. And I had the same reaction that uh, Frank had that pretty good build for uh, Roman and Balor. But I was thinking, like, what about Cena and, and Reigns? It's, it seemed like, I don't know, it just felt like they're not really building towards SummerSlam. Yeah, this was a week, I believe, that was not on Cena. Is a rare exception of Cena um, being. In the, I, th- I don't think he was advertised for Tampa unless he's ha- taking place in the dark match. We'll find out soon enough from Josh. Um, but I know there were a couple dates here and there that Cena wasn't going to be at it during the, the, the summer of Cena. And so since they didn't advertise him on WWE.com and, uh, you know, they just, it wasn't uh, part of the TV hype, I figured he wasn't going to be on the show um, in any form or fashion. And, you know, if he doesn't have anything to say, that's fine. I think the way the booking cadence worked out, Frank, it worked out well uh, to have this be sort of Finn Balor's week. And have a few developments without Cena there. I think there's a risk of Cena overexposure. That said, I think that has a point. Um, this was a follow-up on last week, but last week felt like a bigger show. Um, I was there for it in person in Minneapolis, and it was a hot show. And you know, you had the Cena uh, or the the contract signing angle, and you had Cena appearing, but you also had the the Sasha Banks turn. Obviously, this was a big deal um, in that we got to hear from Sasha Banks and interact with Bianca Belair and set that match up. I don't think it was void of SummerSlam developments, but it, it it was, I wouldn't call it a maintenance show, but I would call it a follow-up show, not a new development show. Same thing for Edge and Seth. It was a follow-up show. And those are good to have, but let's call it what it is. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, every uh, every show can't knock it out of the park. And, uh, you know, they hammered a couple of nails in tonight for uh, for SummerSlam with, uh, you know, getting Edge and Rollins set up and uh, Bianca and Sasha set up. I mean, we knew those matches were taking place anyway, but at least they got those in place. And uh, in a way, uh, it kind of worked out that Cena wasn't there because he might have overshadowed everything. You know what I mean? Like you were able to focus on Rollins and Edge, you were able to focus on, uh, you know, Bianca and Sasha and that whole setup, you know, and then the bit at the end. I mean, listen, like I said, I still think it's going to be seen in Reigns, but you never know. I mean, they they could pivot. I mean, and, and, and at least at least they've planted that seed in your head, at least. You know, they're getting you to watch next week to see what's going to happen when Cena shows up. And and the other thing with Cena, it might have just been a logistics thing. I mean, he just might not have been available tonight. So, you know, I'm not going to get too uh, I'm not going to get too worried about that. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, you know, obviously he's going to be there next week. And uh, that puts us at the 13th. Right. And then uh, the following week will be the night before. Uh, so I'm sure he'll be there as well. So uh, I'm I'm fine with him not being there. Uh, and I'm fine overall with uh, with what they did. I mean, they even discussed the uh, the tag team title match with the Mysterios and the Usos. So at least they, you know, at least they moved uh, some of the pieces on the uh, on the board, uh, you know, when advanced to SummerSlam. So I, I, yeah. I, I was fine overall with that. Yeah, I, I definitely was, too. I mean, I, I'm not complaining about this show. Um, I, I just think it was a follow up show, not a new development show. But last week was, you know, it seemed like it was set up to be a show that that. Uh, made news and and created uh, some controversy, and this week was a follow-up. And I like when there's a chance to catch your breath and have a show like that. Um, And I just like hearing from wrestlers speaking out against something that happened the week before instead of just moving on to something else. Uh, Ed, Ed, back to you for any follow-up on that or anything else? Yeah, no, I I get what you guys are saying. Uh, I I was expecting, especially when they went back to live fans, like, I don't know, it just seems like it really, I understand, they're not going to have this, uh, they're not going to climb the mountain the mountain's not, you know, up, up, up and away type thing. But it really, I don't know, it just seemed weird. I'm like, it's still, I think it was 2017 when you had Cena and Reigns at No Mercy. Yep. And I, I don't know, I don't feel like I'm watching an epic, you know, anything epic from it. It just, it feels like, hey, we got this big star Cena, you know, or this throw, not throwback, but whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, a star, you know, a recent star, and then here's our, our new guy who's not quite the same level, but we're going to put it out there. Who's obviously Reigns has a great storyline. And I just, it just, I don't know. Like, it, it just feels like I'm like, well, it's kind of like a, a little something there. And I, and I understand what you guys are saying. Maybe Cena couldn't have been there, but I, I thought when Balor was getting beat up, Roman went down there. I was like, if Cena ran out right now, he'd get a huge pop. And I think it would throw a little something, but you guys might be right. It might have thrown a little water on uh, what Finn was doing too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Frank, any, any follow up on that? No, I, uh, I I agree, and uh, you know it, it's it's tough right now in the WWE because it, it's hard to come up with the big match. Like what 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 is the big match that you could have? I mean, they've everybody on the roster has pretty much wrestled each other. I mean, unless you know you got you're talking about NXT guys that you know what I mean, like Adam Cole if he's even still going to be there. You know what I mean? Like you haven't you've basically seen everybody wrestle everybody. So 
you know, Cena Reigns does kind of feel like their big match. I mean, if you don't think that's a big match, that's fine. I mean, that's you know what I mean. Like that's you're definitely uh, not crazy to uh, to think that, but you know, I, I think they're going in that direction because this is the um, the first time that they're going to have well, not the first time that they're going to have fans, but now now we're in a regular rotation of fans. You know what I mean? Like WrestleMania, we had fans, but it was still the Thunderdome era. So it's like it's weird. Like it it almost feel like it almost feels like that didn't happen. I can't explain it. It's just how I how I feel about it. But now that we're back in a regular rotation, you know, they're kind of treating SummerSlam like a WrestleMania. So you know, what's the biggest match that we could have? Probably is Cena Reigns. I mean, I can't really, uh, I can't really think of another. Yeah, I, I, I'm not hedging at all. Cena Reigns feels huge to me. I mean, I feel like that's yeah. Cena's been away. He's red hot with live crowds. Reigns has been doing his thing as a heel uh, for the better part right. of a year. Um, this, there's no hedging uh, for me. This is a mega match. It feels like a mega match. And I think right. people are going to be red hot in a big outdoor stadium for it. It doesn't even feel like a rerun. It feels like kind of an epic match because Reigns is right. so fresh right now. The two characters are in much different places than where they were in 2017. Yes. I mean, 2017, you know, they're sticking Roman Reigns down our throat, okay? And I can tell you, having been in the Nassau Coliseum earlier that year, that's what the whole thing with Braun Strowman started, okay? That's what basically turned Braun Strowman babyface. And Roman just never... You know, the crowd never accepted him. And I mean, when you got people chanting, you both suck, okay, that's what was going on then. You know, you could call that match a big match at the time, but it really wasn't because, you know, the two guys were just in in different places. Now, Roman with the head of the table character, the run that he's been on uh, the past year, and Cena feeling fresh, you know, feeling like, Okay, you know, yeah, we booed you all those years, but we really loved you. We really respected you. You know, my my friend Justin talked about that last night on the podcast. Um, you know, pe- people respect Cena. People respect what he's done uh, in the business. So both guys are in much different places, and that's what makes the match a lot better than what uh, 2017 was. All right, very good. Um, well put. Uh, back to you, Ed. Uh, yeah, I would just say I I think the build itself to me hasn't reflected the epic match. Like I know it's going to be, and it is. It's yeah. just the the build itself seems seems to have lacked it. Uh, and the other thing I'll just say is it's weird. Like I agree with you a lot of times. Like I know you know as fans, people get nuts about the releases and that, but the releases did kind of take a bit of the wind out of the show. You're like, what? what? <laughs> What's going on? They release yeah. people right in the middle of the show. And, yeah. you, you know, some of it too is, you know, you know, at what happens the peripheral and, uh, you know, obviously you hear, Oh, Adam Cole's supposed to be there tonight to meet with Vince. And you're thinking to yourself there, you know, you're like, if that, if that's actually happening, you're like, I hope either they signed him before they did this, or hopefully he didn't sign before they did this. Cause I, I don't see how, Either way, it works out for him because he better have, like, every single thing in writing of, like, you know, the next 200 days for him in order for (laughs) him to, you know, or I should say 200 shows, not days. But, yeah, it did take a little bit of the wind out. But uh, I will say the the Roman Balor at the end kind of threw some juice in. I thought it was a lackluster show. And I was like, huh. And then that that added some juice to it because I was going to actually say that, I've thought the one thing that's kind of lacking with the Roman story is they haven't built anyone up. You want to see beat them. That's part of the everyday main, the main roster. 
you know, Cena and The Rock are exhibition matches. Uh, you know, Edge was a little more than that, and the match itself was good, but there was obviously uh, no expectation yeah. to win, but in the match, they did a great job where you thought maybe he would win. And that, so I was going to say that, but then they threw in Balor there, and they actually, uh, I will say, I kind of was like, oh, wow, I like it. So I give them credit on that one. As much as, you know, a lot of times you want to kick them around, they, uh, they pull some things out of their hat once in a while. But uh, thanks very much. You guys have a good night. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Ed. Appreciate your point of view for sure. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now through Patreon, you can get the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows, Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcasts, and the PW Torch Daily Casts with the ads and plugs removed and VIP after shows by supporting us on Patreon with a Tier 1 membership for just $4.99 per month. You can also upgrade to get additional bonus content, including all the VIP podcasts and the PW Torch newsletters through Patreon. Check out details at patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. By the way, Jake Atlas, uh, who was released by NXT, tweeted earlier today, it's my five-year anniversary in wrestling. Yay. Um, just last month, he was celebrating having an official WWE NXT action figure. So, um, Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, Bronson, uh, Bronson Reed and and uh, Jake are the are the two uh, bigger surprises, um, and we'll uh, we'll see what comes of the reported backstage meeting with Adam Cole and Vince McMahon uh, tonight at SmackDown. Um, so lots of stuff going on besides the show, but we are uh, focused on the show. We'll take one more call and, um, uh, talking about the content of the show, and then we'll go to Tampa for our on-site correspondent. And uh, up next will be Kyle from Baltimore. 
Uh, Kyle, thanks for calling. Thanks for holding. Uh, what stood out for you on SmackDown? I figure you're going to help steer us towards talking a little Sasha Bianca. I, yeah, you know, I keep ending up about the... the yeah, I'm not, I'm not talking about no release of time. It's all bad news. I'm going to talk about something that's good and then move on from that. Um, so, yeah, the opening was good. Then the... And, you know, when Sasha came out, I was like, oh, my God. You know, I was a guy, guy, so of course he's not, but whatever. Um... The fact that he um, also said that too, saying that I made I made Bianca, I made Bianca star, I made her in the main event, and made her. He, he, he even said that last week during when she when she had her on the big thing last week. She pretty much said that I made you a star and all that stuff. Um, and so, and then make I just don't know why Zelina Vega is involved at this point. I don't see she lost she lost twice to Liv Morgan. She lost to. Bianca Belair, where's Liv Morgan at that point? I would think Liv Morgan will show up. It's then, wait a minute. I was like, so I thought I didn't like that. I felt like I felt like Zelina was a third wheel over the whole Sasha Bianca uh, promo. I didn't like that. What do you think about Zelina just coming out of nowhere? Just want to interrupt this promo between the two, the two of them because I thought it was just unnecessary. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they're trying to make the women's division feel fresh by having some third wheel out there in the mix and I don't know if third wheel sounds like by definition derogatory but like you know you clearly have two top contenders and then you have Liv Morgan you clearly have two top contenders and you got Zelina Vega I think it's so that they have somebody else to mix in to fill TV time um you know with Balor it feels a little different uh than that because he's a former universal champ former NXT champ bigger star but with Zelina Vega it does feel wedged in there Frank and I mean, what is her claim to getting a title shot? She doesn't have one, and at least Sonya Deville and and Adam Pearce kind of stood up to her in that regard with a bunch of new rules I didn't know about, like champions can't pick their opponents, and uh, a contract must be ratified. Like, I hope they hold to it. Let's see if they can. Um, So, yeah, I mean, Zelina is not a major player. She hasn't been established as a major player. She's a good talker, uh, but it does seem like she's there to just – keep things from getting too monotonous with Belair and Sasha. Uh, Frank, your take. Yeah, I mean, and that was pointed out in Alex's report because uh, I think he said something. Uh, I don't want to misquote the man here, but, uh, you know, she actually uh, she actually lost to Tony Storm, uh, which was uh, last week. So, you know, where does she – or the week before, whatever it was. So where does she get off – you know, asking for a, a title match. And as you mentioned, you know, uh, Sonya and Adam stood up to her. So at least they took care of that. I mean, you do need heels that could take losses. You do need people that can eat up TV time. And you do want to feed people to Bianca, you know, to give her that win. You know, it's talked about on The Fix. How many times has Todd Martin talked about it with, you know, having uh, people that could absorb losses to people higher on the card to build them up, to make them look strong? You know, that way they head into the big match stronger. And there's intrigue in, you know, what's going to take place, especially in this case between Bianca and Sasha. So I'm okay with her. You know what I mean? Like, I would probably have been better with it if they advertised it ahead of time. Like if they advertised, uh, you you know, instead of Bianca responds to Sasha, how about Bianca takes on Zelina Vega? Just announce the match, you know, call it a stupid championship contenders match, whatever the hell they're going to call it. (laughs) You know, call it that ahead of time and and, and be done with it instead of having her come out uh, and wedge herself in, you know, because then that's what brings up all this, you know, all these, uh, you know, these points that, you know, 
it's not logical that 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 she would get a uh, that she would get a title match. So you know, I could see where people have a problem with it. So uh, I probably would have just announced that ahead of time, and then you know have a confrontation after that. I mean, that's that's kind of the new Japan formula, you know, where uh, you know someone wrestles a match, and then whoever's going to challenge for the title comes out after, and you know they have a confrontation. So. You know, it, it, it's the right idea, but just the wrong um, setup, if that makes any sense. Sure. Yep. Um, I thought Belair had a good week. I thought Sasha had a good week. I, I thought Sasha was leaving on some other planet earlier this year. Um, and I thought she was back on Earth and cutting <laughs> Sasha Banks level promos. Uh, you know, this was this was, you know, Sasha Banks is a top star. I don't know who was showing up on television floating around with her eyes darting everywhere and doing guttural laughs. And I, honestly, I don't know what she was going for back then. This this is the Sasha that's going to help make money. And, and, and uh, I mean, people, there's a group who love Sasha no matter what. No matter what. And I get that. Um, and it's great that she's earned that fan base. But um, a little more objectively speaking, I don't think she had a good um, first half of the year. This was... A nice comeback promo from her. She seemed like a star. She, uh, I think she's helping Bianca become a bigger star. Uh, Belair, I think, has found a good lane. Um, and I think she and Sasha are playing off each other well. And Selena Vega's always good on the mic. So I thought this was a good uh, a good display of mic work. Uh, Kyle, back to you for follow-up on that or anything else? Yeah, I mean, I do agree. I, I do agree that Sasha's better as a heel than a baby face. I really agree with that. I think she's, <laughs> she's just so... I just, I think it's more, she shows more, uh, just more confidence in how, how she presents her promos as a, as a heel, more than a baby face. I would, I would say too, it's good. It's also good to have the, the normal human version of Sasha instead of whatever version we got earlier this year. I'm not talking about heel and face. I'm talking about yeah. the guttural laugh and her eyes just floating in weird places when she was on air. And I mean, it just, she just didn't see, yeah. uh, she didn't seem on this planet, you know, she seemed like she was somewhere else, and I don't know what she was going for. Um, it, it's not really a heel facing for me. This is—it's just she seemed actually present and and human. <laughs> so um, good to have her back. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I guess. I mean, I there 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 is a difference between. I mean, I I, I think also try to compare to 2017 Sasha as a baby face compared to now. It's like in, I don't know. It seems like I do I do like this Sasha now anyway, but um. Yeah, and also too last. I think my last thing is that at this point, I, had, I said I said this on on Raw as well, saying that that I'm just in so invested in the SmackDown matches for SummerSlam, and it's like I'm thinking to myself, why do I even still watch Raw because I'm it's, it's just second nature. It's something I'm just super been doing for years. Like I keep doing anyway, is to watch Raw. But it's like why even be in that? Not even invested in, in Raw at all because they're not. I'm not overly excited for SummerSlam and the Raw side. We Rollins and Edge. Sasha Bianca, Reigns and and, and Cena, and also um, the uh, tag team match as well. That you built in Mysterio, so it's like that's even like that does blowing off the blowing everything out, out, out of the water when it comes to SummerSlam. So it's you know it, Raw has its issues. I love what Lux is doing, but it's it's, it's just not it's yeah. the whole issue with Bobby Lashley and, and Goldberg's whole other issue. But that's the whole situation where it's. SmackDown is so much better. SummerSlam on SmackDown will be great. And that's my last point. And I'll have you talk about that comparison even more. But that's it. This roll call. Absolutely. Um, Frank, I mean, I, I look forward to SmackDown more than Raw these days. Um, and it's not just Roman Reigns. Um, it's not just the length of the show. Uh, it's a better show. And, and you know, hopefully 
uh, with a roster shakeup this fall, you know, Raw can improve. And I'm hoping because <laughs> it, it's, it's not, you know, not all three hours are a slog, but it's, it's, and not every week is it as bad as some weeks. But SmackDown is consistently a, a, a good two hour, w, you know, modern day WWE product. Um, what they do, and you can be against what they do, um, but it's a good version of what they do. Uh, most segments, most weeks. And certainly Roman Reigns is carrying that. Having this Sasha Banks back is good. Having Edge giving spirited promos is good. Um, so, I mean, I could run down the stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying Ray and Dominic and, and what they're doing with him. And um, Pat McAfee is a big part of it. You know, I'm, I'm you know, Jimmy Smith has had a, a rough go of it so far. As far as I, th- I you know, my perspective is, I don't, I, he got thrown into a position he wasn't ready for and he didn't know the product well enough. And and all you know, my usual complaints. He was saying things that aren't things, and he's saying, you know, are you kidding me? Too much, and he sounds like he's straining to to do a deadlift every time he talks. It's just like that pulls down the show. He he can be better than he has been, and he can grow into the part, but he's got to work hard to get better, and hopefully be produced differently. He's uh, not an upgrade from uh, Tom Phillips and Vic Joseph, and he's uh, massively less effective than Michael Cole. And so Cole and McAfee are just smooth. They're enjoying each other's company, and it feels like they know what they're doing, and they do it. Um, so that's part of it, too. And, you know, Paul Heyman, I mean, we talk about Reigns a lot, and Heyman is sort of inherently part of that, but his promo tonight was really good. Um, he's not doing the really long in-ring promos every week, but when he gets a chance to interact with Kayla especially, you just you drop what you're doing if you're doing anything else. If you're in the middle of unloading the dishwasher, you stop and you watch Heyman. He's good. So, I mean, I could go on. There's good performances in a, in a lot of places. By the way, the, Raw and SmackDown share this, but I really do like the new entrance stage. I wasn't so sure after the first week. Um, what they did with Augmented Reality with Apollo Crews coming out, I thought worked. Uh, it can seem cheesy sometimes, the Augmented Reality, but I, I thought that looked cool. And I like the... Um, uh, dis, the, the I'm trying to think of the... the formal term for it the end point when you look down the aisle and you see fans and then you get to the screen and they have the simulated fans and it just goes on forever um i think the simulated fans that kind of go on forever after the last row of actual fans in the building is also a cool effect but that's shared by ron smackdown but i'm throwing that in as uh part of what i like right now about smackdown in this post thunderdome era uh frank your thoughts on on any of that I wonder what the prices are in those simulated fans. If those seats are cheap, I'd like to I'd like to get in on that action. Well, now that um, now that now that people are selling like what are they what are the digital signatures called? Um, what's the term for that? Or autographs, uh, digital autographs. E sign or docu sign? No, 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 no. The collectibles for fans, not not legal stuff. Like oh oh, the di- di- limited digital release or whatever they're called. There's a term for limited. It digital release there you go yeah, a better term. Yeah. i can't yeah. think of it but like um <laughs> you know aw and wb have them and it's like if like the I, whole point of an autograph is you got you met the person and it's a scarce product and you had to work to get it like the idea that like there's these limit i don't know that just seems silly to me but i know people are into it so to each their own um but with that said i my point in bringing that up and having my little mini rant about you know not pretending digital autographs count um is they could sell seats in the virtual zone (laughs) like just like it could be thunderdome all over again they could just actually have like you know not bobbleheads but like actual people send in their photo and pay money and they can be in the virtual crowd and be part of be part of television history 
Yeah, it'd be a tribute to the Thunderdome in like five years. You know, when we look back and uh, hey, you know, uh, we're doing this, uh, we're doing this tribute to uh, this era. You know, pay uh, whatever money and, and get your face on TV. You know, and uh, something like that. To, to your point about the shows, uh, I agree. Um, SmackDown is a better version of modern day WWE. It's not perfect. I mean, it's you know distraction finishes and stuff like that. It's you know they they don't you know avoid that, but. Overall, uh, I'm enjoying the presentation. You have more faith in uh, Raw improving than I do. I, I just we'll see what they do. But... All I said is I hope, Frank. I did not show any faith. <laughs> I just I am saying I hope. I, I am in no way saying it. I mean, could it get worse with a roster shakeup? Probably not. I'm just worried that it SmackDown will just go down as much as Raw goes up. That that's the fear. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, it's it's. It's an interesting time with Raw being the three-hour show and SmackDown being the two-hour show, but clearly they're more invested in SmackDown. So it just feels, you know, because it used to be, you know, it used to be if you made it to Raw, then you made it to the show. SmackDown was the, you know, the land of misfits or whatever you want to call it. And now it's completely the opposite. Like now I worry about people going to, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I worry about people going to Raw. It seems like if you go to SmackDown, okay, you know, you're you're in a good place. So it's definitely an interesting dynamic uh, since SmackDown went to Fox. Absolutely. Our phone number is 347-215-8558. We are about to go to our on-site correspondent, which is a good time to note that you are invited to become an on-site correspondent. If you're attending AEW in Pittsburgh next week, or SmackDown in Tulsa, or Raw in San Antonio later this month, or AEW in Houston, or SmackDown in Phoenix, or Raw in San Diego, or Raw in Oklahoma City, or moving into September, SmackDown in Jacksonville, or Raw in Miami, or AEW in Cincinnati, or SmackDown at MSG, or Raw in Boston. We're looking for on-site correspondents to be on this show the night of those shows. So send me a note at wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com. And here's the key. Please put the name of the city in the subject line because um, I'll we get so many, you know, there, there's so many of these events. Um, I just search by city in our inbox and then all the people who volunteer show up and that's how I organize it. So if you don't include the city, we might miss you um, volunteering to help out. But we'd love to have you on the show. And those are the dates in particular we don't have anyone for. But if you want to be a backup or a second onsite correspondent for some of the other cities that we've already booked in the next couple months, um, you can email me there too. Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Aloha, Torch Faithful. This is Kelly Wells, host of PWT Talks NXT. Every Thursday, you can hear me and my gang of idiots, Tom Stout, who shares thoughts from the live tapings, and Torch recapper Nate Lindbergh, as well as a rotating cast of guests, cover the matches and events in NXT Live on USA Network. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe, or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. Cheers! With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, so let's go to Josh, who has been uh, patiently standing by, who attended SmackDown tonight. In Tampa, Josh. I'll apologize in advance because it's a little uh, driving through a little bit of a drizzle um, safely, but it is going to be a little noisy, I think. So just stop me if I need to change to my headset, okay? Oh, sure. Yep. No, you, you sound fine at the moment. So, um, but we'll let you know if that changes. So, uh, uh, first question it looked like uh, it was a, a complete sellout to the last row, uh, but obviously they don't show us a hard camera view and above in the upper deck there. Was anything tarped off in the arena? Cole called it a sellout, or he called it packed to the, uh, a packed arena. Yeah, um, I think the best way to break it down, obviously, it, I'll kind of break it down by the tiers in the arena, bearing in mind uh, any kind of visual statistic I give you that obviously blocked off behind the set and right behind the hard camera that section in the 100th level was, was pretty uh, scattered. But other than that, the lower ball uh, of what was available was, I mean, you had to work really hard to find an empty seat from 95 to 98% full. Uh, the lower ball, uh, excuse me, the middle ball was open all the way around. That same thing, scattered empty seats. Uh, the top ball was open until around about the, the middle facing the stage. And the uh, closer you got to kind of the curtain point, the more scattered it became. So I think they kind of strategically lit to avoid showing those more empty sections. But um, I actually checked the Ticketmaster app about 10 minutes before bell time. Um, and yeah, I could see those areas up in the top deck were still fairly available. But everywhere else, I mean, there was just single seats available. Uh, I don't know what was left on the secondary market. But what I found really interesting, and this might be a cool tip, for anybody else who's going to be attending soon. Uh, about half an hour or so, uh, it was probably between 30 and 15 minutes before bell time that I was looking, if I think about it harder. But uh, there were first row seats on the uh, hard camera side facing the full side of the arena 
uh, front row ringside available for around $100. So I'm not sure if that's comps that didn't show up or friends and family who didn't show uh. up, but uh, I was very, very tempted to switch uh, all of that. You know, it's all digital now, so you can get your QR code and, and hop sections. So if you're going to a show, ah. check the app uh, shortly beforehand. You might, you this might is- be pleasantly surprised. This Frank, this is like when they announce when you're waiting to get on the plane that there's a first class upgrade available if anyone wants to ante up. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. <laughs> like, I actually have a quick story about that. That yeah. actually happened to me. I was uh, I was coming back. I was deadheading back, and uh, we have our uh, our first class is called Mint uh, in our company. So uh, when I called, I had, you know, so I, I was coming back a day earlier than I was scheduled. So you have to get an approval. So they're like, uh, hey, you know, do you want to sit in mint? And I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know? So uh, what do I do? Like, I didn't know what to do because I, you know, I, I don't, um, you know, I usually you know, I fly my schedule and I don't commute. So it's like I don't, I don't know much about, you know, like deadheading and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, I did it and I'm just like, man, this is just the best. This is just like I don't I don't ever want to sit and coach uh, ever again. So anyway, that's that's my little short uh, story about uh, first class. Awesome. Um, all right, uh, Josh, uh, back to you. Um, just tell us uh, what stood out most uh, in terms of wrestler reactions for the show. Who who got the biggest reactions, uh, face or heel, of the night? Well, let me start by saying, um, just to preface about myself, I did not foresee myself being the kind of person who would come onto your podcast and be effusive with praise about this product. Say a month ago, shortly before the return to crowds, I, I became very jaded about the product through the Thunderdome era with all the implausible, <laughs> convoluted stories and, and just, I think, uh, what Todd puts best, the childish nature of some of the characters. Uh, granted, not as bad on SmackDown as it, as it has been on, on Raw, but I, I didn't expect to, uh, at this point, I, I, a really, really good time. It, I got the sense most of the crowd did as well. Granted, they came for the stars um by far the biggest babyface pop was edge um i think up until that point um very respectable reactions i mean these were fans who um just to put it one way i think they came with knife and fork in hand napkin tucked in saying vince feed me i'm ready i mean these fans were probably (laughs) vince's dream i mean it, it was it wasn't remarkable but i mean very good, solid, happy reaction to everything that we were being said. And um, I, I think that's pretty cool because um, I, I got the sense it was mostly families, uh, probably a lot of casual fans, and it was the kind of show that was easy for them to join in with. Um, I imagine if I was a casual fan going, you know, if I put myself, say, in my wife's shoes, I, uh, uh, she, she didn't come tonight, but I, I imagine it would be the kind of show that if she had come to, she'd be quite happy to join in and, and, and not be quite so. Uh, uh, she, can be, she can be pretty sarcastic about the parts of wrestling that don't quite make a lot of sense, especially 2021 WWE when it gets a little bit silly uh, <laughs> and, and difficult to kind of suspend the disbelief. But it was the kind of show that was just easy to watch. It was inoffensive. It, it was quick and snap, snap, snap from section uh, from from segment to segment. Um, it's really easy watching and. I think that that kept the crowd sustained. Uh, I mentioned Edge, probably the top babyface reaction. Um, after that, uh, really good reaction for Bianca. Uh, surprisingly, uh, maybe it came across differently on TV and it could have just been my section, but uh, Sasha got a good pop. Uh, it, it, it transitioned 
smoothly into the reaction she was looking for uh, once she began her promo, but um, she, she got a good cheer coming out too. I do want to comment, if you don't mind, on Cena. He did make an appearance um, right at the end of the show. It's actually about 9.58. I don't know if it's just tape delay or if they uh, cut the feed a little bit earlier than usual, but um, right as um, the show went off the air, I assume uh, the commentators were just getting up from their desk, Cena's music hit. Massive reaction, but um, I want to comment on what I think is some of Cena's habits and um, acknowledgement that it's sort of the same the same old Cena. Um, I think a lot of people who would be apt to boo John Cena are willing to look at that affection, affectionately today, but I wonder if some of that's coming home to roost a little bit. Um, the reaction was loud, but it was, it was mixed, noticeably so. Um, and Wade, you talked a lot about the reaction in, in Minneapolis, where it was more of a playful battle chant at the start of the show and that happened here as well and I kind of shrugged it off as it's the fun thing to do but every time they showed Cena in a video package uh, and there were as usual several video packages sprinkled throughout the show um, there was an eruption of booze before the cheers caught up to them and balanced out the reaction and I wonder if it sort of makes me think if being that the, the, the booing fans for Cena are in the minority if, if the overwhelmingness of the cheer and just those people kind of acknowledge that it's not their time or place to boo this John Cena and the cheers just kind of naturally override those booing people. I don't know. I don't want to psychoanalyze, but that's, that's a one way to interpret it, perhaps. Uh, Josh, that's a great insight, and, and feel free to bring bring up anything you want that isn't part of our questions, because our questions won't hit all the thoughts you have, and this is great. Um, regarding what you said about Cena, I wonder, too, if what he did last week was a... a Turn some people off. I mean, you know, it's possible people say, well, you just stole Finn Balor's contract. Why didn't you come to Balor's defense, knock Corbin out of the ring, and hand Balor the contract to sign? I defended it last week. I was the on-site correspondent when, uh, for, for last week's post-show with Zach and Jake hosting and co-hosting. And, you know, they were down on it. And I was like, I was in the building, and I'm like you. That that crowd was like, we got our aprons on, and... And the silverware ready, feed us, feed us, Vince. We are, we are hungry for whatever you s- serve us. And they ate it up. But there, there's always been, and we brought it up since week one, that asterisk with John Cena, which is, is this a honeymoon period? And does a little bit of Cena work? But the more you see of him, are, they gonna, are some fans going to be like, oh, that's right. That's what we don't like about this guy. I haven't seen a lot of signs of it yet, but you did tonight more of it. And, you know, I'm curious. I, I feel like they expected and including Cena, more negativity. His promos have been scripted to take into account. I think that there would be more uh, Reigns fans and, and some more Cena uh, boos, and there haven't been. Um, so just in time for them to correct course on promos, maybe the, the Cena boos will, will come out. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Apple Podcasts Compatibility, new 
with PW Torch VIP Podcasts in 2021. If you're an iPhone user and you want a simple way to access our full VIP Podcast library as new podcasts come out every day, we have good news. New in 2021, single-click compatibility with Apple Podcasts' native app on iPhone, CarPlay, your iMac, or your MacBook Pro laptop. Now, as soon as you sign up and become a VIP member, there's a single-click link in your sign-up email that will launch PW Torch's VIP podcast in Apple Podcasts. No username, no password to enter. It's as simple as it gets. Go VIP, find out more information on all the benefits that come with the VIP membership at pwtorch.com slash go VIP. And now we not only accept payments through PayPal, but also a direct credit card or debit card sign-up and also through Patreon. Uh, Frank, why don't you jump in with uh, a question for Josh about his experience tonight? Just, uh, Josh, and good to uh, talk to you. Hope you uh, enjoyed your experience. Just between, like, Balor and Cena, did it feel like the crowd cared about Balor? Like, in other words, were they looking for Cena to show up uh, and, and, you know, really not being interested in Balor? Or, you know, when Balor was in the ring and he was speaking, were they invested in him? And were they able to kind of like compartmentalize their desire to see Cena? What what was that dynamic like, uh, you know, between Balor and, uh, you know, the reaction uh, between Balor and Cena? If they hadn't announced a, uh, they announced a six-man tag dark match, including John Cena, um, Mm. right before this segment, I have a, a feeling that if they hadn't done that, and let people know Cena is coming. Um, I think that would have been much more of a pronounced effect that you describe. Um, but no, it was it, it was a polite reaction for Balor. It wasn't an overwhelming, uh, you know, eruption of, of cheers. But I think people were invested. And um, I, if anything, I think it, it got a bit awkward um, towards the end. There, there was some awkwardness kind of going into that segment where. Um, they are doing a better job negotiating around commercial breaks than they were uh, before the Thunderdome era, where it was just ridiculous watching wrestlers in the ring doing, doing nothing for however long. Um, but in this case, <laughs> oh my God. it's quite awkward. They had Reigns come out. Um, yeah, I mean, in fact, there was none of that tonight. But what happened was um, Reigns came out, did his, his pose on the stage, and his, his, his pyro went off. And um, at that point, I think it was a commercial break. Reigns actually kind of shrugged and, and had you to the back with, with Heyman. Um, and I thought that was the end of the sentence. But uh-huh. his music, his music actually played for three three minutes. It looped at least once. Um, and Finn was just standing in the ring, looking at the stage. And then I guess when the red light came back on, Roman came back out, made a second entrance, did his pose again, did the pyro again, um, and that all you know combined was probably around five minutes of, of Roman Reigns' entrance spliced with a, a commercial break in the middle, and then the beatdown as well was really felt protracted, especially we knew Cena was in the building. We knew that Cena and Ray and Dominic were going to be against um, uh, Reigns and the Usos in the dark made it end. And where were they? Poor Finn getting squashed in the ring by three people. We know that you're just behind the curtain, guys. Uh, come on. Come, come uh-huh. on. So that was a little bit awkward, but there wasn't, there wasn't this sense of... of we don't care about Finn, more of just a, oh, poor Finn. 
<laughs> yeah. That was I, I thought exactly, Josh, what you were talking about, you know, when uh when Finn was getting beaten down, uh the thought crossed my mind as to what they were gonna do uh with a dark match. I figured there was something. And, and uh, you know, considering that the Mysterios are in a feud with the Usos, I'm saying where are they? You know what I mean? Like they uh they had a match earlier in the evening. Why are they not coming out to help? And uh, I didn't completely buy that Cena wasn't there. So, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just didn't uh, I didn't buy that that was the case. And, you know, that's what I talked about earlier oh, on. You know, WWE goes, goes, what's that? Um, it's home market, too, right? Oh, I'm so sorry for interrupting you. There's a, there's a slight delay on my end. But uh, it is his home market as well. So I would have been really surprised if he hadn't shown up. And he, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, and he has moved away from Tampa, but I think he's still local to the area. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think he, yeah, what does he have a place to, he's got a couple of places, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, yeah, I think he was living down there with Nikki when they were uh, together. So, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I didn't buy that he wasn't there. And it's, it's again, it's them going from A to B to C. You know, like they have their perfectly laid out show. And, you know, it, it leaves all these holes. It leaves these, um, these questions, you know, that we ask, what about this? What about that? It's just, it, it drives you crazy. It's tough when your angle is Cena's not here this week from a TV framework standpoint, and you want Balor to get beat up. So he wants revenge and you don't want to overexpose Cena, but you also help sell a bunch of tickets by saying Cena was going to be there. And I heard there was a really big surge of ticket sales when they officially announced Cena for Minneapolis last week. And so they're going to announce Cena whenever he's available. Sometimes he's, you know, wherever he is homesteading he might be in hollywood somewhere he might be overseas for some promotion um he might have a long planned vacation that he's on i mean there can be all kinds of reasons he's not around but when he is around and available they're going to use him to sell tickets as long as he's willing to, to to participate but it just sort of coincided with a show closing angle that made him look like he wasn't the most loyal of friends um although what he did last week sort of showed that that too. Um, Josh, talk, talk about when Cena, or t- talk about the dark match. Uh, and did, I don't know if you stayed for it or not, I guess. I, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, I actually, I, I stayed long enough to see Cena's entrance and kind of get a, a gist of the reaction. Um, but uh, I wanted to beat the traffic. I'm headed back to Orlando, which is a little bit of a, of a slog, especially in the rain. So I got out yeah. there before the end of the match. Oh, wow. Typically, typically with those, you, you can expect who's going to, uh, you know, it's usually baby faces go over fairly quickly. So, <laughs> yes. Um, I'm sure that result will come out online at some point. But um, no, I, I, I got out of there. But I, I want to add, if I can, yeah. a little bit of a theory of mine. Just, I, I didn't get the sense that um, it, it was a very, very good and reactive crowd, as, as, as I mentioned. But I didn't get the sense it was quite as enthusiastic and just you know consistently loud as some of the other TV crowds. And I, I think what goes into that and what goes into some of the more against the grain reactions they just to Cena, um, and not just cheering everything because it's yay wrestling. Um, we've we've been pretty. Uh, better or worse, we've been pretty darn open down here in, in Florida and fairly well served with wrestling. I mean, I, I, I know the local Central Florida community um, has been around a lot of the NXT crowd, many of them. Um, you know, it's not always the same 300 people in the CWC on Tuesdays. They had a, a big mailing list and they selectively rotate out that crowd. I know a lot of people have been super served by that. I know um, a lot of them also drive, have been driving up to Daly's place. And, of course, the Tampa market. Um, I'm 
have a good feeling that most of the people who would be selling out Annalee Arena downtown around, you know, 10 or 12,000 uh, was a good contingent of the 25,000 odd who went to WrestleMania four months ago. So it, it is a, a well-served market, unlike a lot of those who this is the first wrestling they've had in 16 months. And that, that may be a factor in some of the reactions, too. Uh, it's a great observation, and actually it's a amazing the crowd was as into it as they were when you list all those other things. But it does, it, I wrote this in the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter this week for, for VIP members and paper copy subscribers that, you know, whatever, and, and you said it too, Josh, at the beginning, like I, a month ago I wouldn't have thought this, or, you know, six weeks ago. Um, but this is a product that if you attend a live event, it feels like you're attending a product that's well-booked and is in touch with fans and is got and it's got to use WWE's word some momentum behind it, uh, which is interesting and unexpected. Now I you know that's it's we're talking you attended SmackDown uh, tonight. I attended SmackDown last week. SmackDown seems to have been the better it has been the better show and it seems to have better crowd responses. So that can uh, that can play into it too. But you know it's it's a testament to uh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure Vince McMahon is is very proud of 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 the of the ticket sales and the crowd responses, and so we'll see where things are in a month or two when we get past the honeymoon stage. But I would say Tampa, with all the wrestling that this market has had during the pandemic the last year and a half, it's 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 a further endorsement of people liking what they're seeing and wanting to be part of uh, part of at least SmackDown, if not WWE, um, even if they've had wrestling options along the way. By the way, uh, Josh, were there? Many people wearing masks. I don't know if you realize this outside of Florida, but you are your state um, is in the headlines across the country with, um, you know, the hospitals filling up with covid patients and um, and the deaths and just controversy with the governor and such. What was did, did would you have thought you were in the midst of a resurging pandemic based on the crowd that showed up tonight? Yeah, I'm grimly aware of that. And, um, you know, I. I, I had a lot of uh, wrestling with myself over going. Uh, I've, I've been planning to go to the show since the tickets went on sale and, and roll on Monday as well. I actually canceled um, a trip to Vegas for SummerSlam on account of the resurging pandemic. Yeah. I could I, I justify going to a more local show and wearing my mask. And um, you know, I, I was fortunate where I was sat that I was actually able to keep a, a, a fairly respectful distance from people around me. But I actually had um, I, I had a, a family to my right who were wearing masks and we had a little discussion about, hey, you just, you know, we're, we're all vaccinated in this little area, right? You know, nice to meet you. You know, it was very, very, very friendly um, to, to say the least. I mean, I'd say maybe 20% of, of, of people I saw were wearing a mask. Um, yeah. I uh, saw lots of signs um, masks strongly encouraged. Uh, there's one on the bathroom saying, um, "Your mask protects me. My mask protects you. Everyone, oh, wow. do, do your part." Um, yeah, so that was that was pretty cool. I think that was that was more venue driven than than WWE. I was going to say, but, did um, Josh? Did, yeah. did, did Governor did Governor DeSantis have people there in there tearing down the signs? <laughs> um, thankfully not. Okay, no. okay. I just, um, I mean, I know that he, I mean, I, uh, maybe he didn't know about it. You're, him, you're, you're yeah. tempting me. To, <laughs> no, no. I, um, I, uh, no, we don't, don't have wanna, to go. We don't have to. I mean, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm as frustrated as you, uh, as you probably, uh, 
par with the with the situation down here. It's it's, it's not great. Well, I, the um, reason the reason it was fresh I, is one. I, I, I'm I'm gonna wrestle with some guilt about going for uh, the same reason. I mean, it's yeah. it, it was difficult to justify, honestly. But I, I felt safe, and, yeah. and like I said, um, my my little section was was fairly well masked, and everybody was very respectful. So. Um, yeah, it it was fresh on my mind because I saw an Onion headline earlier that said DeSantis threatens to cut hospital funding if surgeons keep wearing masks during surgery. Um, so I, I just when you brought up the signs over the over the that's urinals and you know on the on the, in the arenas and stuff, I was like that that's that's pretty funny. Um, I, I could imagine that that actually being a thing. Sadly, um, so anyway, um, yeah, no, it's interesting. Everybody's got you know at, at, when you buy tickets versus show night it can be you know we can be in a completely different world when it comes to um you know how how past the pandemic versus back immersed in it we are um and that just seems to be you know depending on what state you're in and uh and what week it is um and so we just we don't know what's right around the corner we're about to go to another commercial break why are you listening to commercial breaks why deal with these interruptions when you can become a vip member support the wade keller Pro Wrestling Podcasts, Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows, the PW Torch Daily Casts, and the entire team and everything that we do, and get a ton in return for your membership by becoming a VIP member. Go to pwtorchvipinfo.com for full details, 30 plus years of archives of podcasts, retro radio shows, over 1,600 back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter, a fascinating march through our coverage of wrestling history, and so much more, including ad-free versions of the Wade Keller podcast, Wade Keller post shows, and PW Torch daily casts, and several exclusive VIP podcasts just about every day, dozens of VIP exclusive podcasts that you're not hearing because you're not a VIP member. So go VIP, pwtorchvipinfo.com, subscribe to our VIP podcast feed, and listen in a streamlined way with no interruptions to all of our podcasts. Again, that's pwtorchvipinfo.com. Hi, this is John Arezzi. Matt Memories, My Wildlife in Pro Wrestling, Country Music, and with the Mets is now available everywhere books are sold. Co-written by Greg Oliver, Matt Memories is the story of my roller coaster life. Learn the inside stories about my days as the host of the groundbreaking Pro Wrestling Spotlight radio show and as the wrestling convention pioneer and dealmaker. I hold nothing back. Matt Memories, available now from ECW Press. Uh, Frank, go, I'll throw back to you, and uh, if you have anything else you want to ask him, I certainly have a couple more questions to myself. Yeah, Josh, I'm curious about some people on the undercard. Uh, you know how they, uh, how the fans took to them, uh, especially like the Street Profits. I'm curious how the reaction was to them. You know, back together. Um, you know, Montez been down a little bit. Uh, you know, getting back in the ring, and also. Um, you know, uh, Shotzi and uh, Tegan Knox. Thankfully, she's got her first name back. Uh, she never lost it. That was. I, I'm not kidding, Frank. Like she never lost it. The tag team is Shotzi and Knox, but they always called her Tegan, and people were freaking out over something that wasn't a thing. Oh, okay. I thought I thought they made a drop of first name, so I was uh, I was I, misinformed. Under about that. <laughs> it's it's under. I think even the first week they called her Tegan Knox on commentary, but Shotzi and Knox is the name of the team for short, and people be, for rightfully so because that would be just you know cancel so many first or last names of people. People flipped out <laughs> about that, but that actually was not not a thing with her ever. Um, if 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 I'm recalling right, and I'm pretty sure I am. 
I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, just you know, the rea- the reactions of people like that. I'm curious if uh, you know those matches kind of drove people to the bathroom or to go get the beers. You know what I mean? Like, uh, did anybody uh, did people care about those uh, those talents or uh, or not? Yeah, Street Profits in particular got a great reaction. Um, it felt they, like it. Uh, yeah. they, they played to each side of the arena. Yeah, they they, they did they did the, the bit where they, they run up to the ropes on on each side of the ring and um, you know the, try and rile up each side one by one and, and people love that. I mean that's that's tried and true. So that, that went down great. Uh, Shotzi and Knox, um, applied reaction, but not not anything to to remark about really. Um, uh, I personally am a little bit annoyed by. I, Nothing against the person that's kind of been annoyed by the Shotzi act. It's a little bit too, a little bit too much for me. A little bit, you know, the yelling and the, the oh, ah, just, yeah, not, not yeah. for me. But so, I, I, my reaction might be a little bit jaded to that. Um, it's also accurate. I got a great reaction, actually. No, it's accurate, Josh. Believe me, it's, <laughs> it's not accurate. jaded. It's accurate. Shotzi is almost unbearable. I'm in good company. I, yes. don't, I don't feel quite so mean. <laughs> yeah. As soon, not for nothing. As soon as they um, sort yeah, of had a great reaction too. Yeah. I knew Vince was going to fall in love with the tank. I'm like, he's going to do something with that. And lo and behold, she's shooting missiles out of there. I'm like, please, are you serious? And I'm sure she was supposed to hit Tamina. So she actually, um... But even if, I mean, even if she hit Tamina, it's like this felt dart thing. Like, come on. It's just, it's ridiculous. Go go ahead, Jeff. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry. And if you guys get the sense I'm interrupting you, there's like a like a second and a half to two second delay on my end. So I apologize if I'm jumping in and, and traveling you guys. That's okay. Um, yeah. I was just going to say, um, you reminded me with the tank. She had a really hard time backing it out of the aisleway. And you know how they have... Um, wait, wait I, always, I always think about, about this. Um, I forget which year it was. Um, maybe two, three years ago, that you had a correspondent who was talking about how there's this team of, of, of stagehands and, and obviously the camera operator directing every which movement of, of the wrestler, which you don't see on TV, but uh, they were just freaking out. You, you've got to get this thing out of the oh, aisle. And they're trying to get awesome. to the next segment. And it was, it was hilarious. Um, <laughs> she, she eventually got it, got it out. She had to go around the, the, the wide side of the set to get it out. Cause she couldn't get it through the tunnel. And uh, that was, oh that was a bit more entertaining to me than the, uh, the substance of the act. That's like the main, this is why we need onsite correspondence for every event. Cause it's moments like that, that need to be recorded for history. Um, that, that stuff happens. That's just, hilarious imagining the, the panic in the room as that was going on that'd be great if it got stuck and they had like no another little uh, and they had no way to get it out and they just had to sit there the rest of the show and, the, and Matt, pat mcafee just got to riff on that for an hour <laughs> speaking of pat he was he was great by the way i mean i yeah. i i started off um finding him i i i, I found him a little great thing and mm-hmm. um I was worried it was going to be kind of a Corey Graves redux. You know, I had to be the smartest person in the room, and I'm going to try and remind you of that, you know, and I'm going to be – it was just jocular and not my taste, but I've I've really grown to find him adorable and funny <laughs> and, um, you know, yeah. re- really helps the, 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 you know, the whole viewing experience. I mean, I, it, it's building good faith with me to feel like someone who watches wrestling the way that I – used to with the enthusiasm that i used to before they you know spent a lot of that equity that they had with me um maxie makes me feel you know i i I kind of get lost in his enjoyment of the show and he he did his little bit in the commercial breaks and um 
got he did some name drops um i think to gauge some reactions um i'm trying to remember if cena might have been one of them at one point but um no he, he, he was great um and I, I wanted to also just before I, I forget just on the uh angle of funny production bits you know how the street profits do their entrance and all those cups come out of the big cannon and, and, and the raining red solo cups they had a i counted one by one they had a team of 12 people <laughs> uniquely responsible for rushing the stage during that match and clear, they, they spent anywhere from 45 to 60 seconds oh frantically God. clearing the, the, the set of, of red solo cups and 12, you know, it was just a really funny imagery you don't you don't see that on tv and it just it, it shouldn't be there's nothing funny about it i just find it really comical to see all these people rushing to pick up these little cups <laughs> that is tremendous yes i mean when you when you're at the shows i mean there are things you like what stood out to me I mean, a lot of things stood out to me, but the way that the camera stooped right in front of John Cena, like two feet from his face, the whole time he talked, kind of moving around, and how Cena completely ignored it, like a pro. But as I was sitting, you know, just to the right of the hard camera, and so I was watching Cena, but I couldn't help but have, there's this guy blocking me in the ring with this camera. Like 80% of Cena was blocked the whole time by this camera guy. And so when I was watching Sasha's promo tonight, I was like, oh, same thing's happening there. She has to completely ignore this guy who's practically stepping on her toes with this 4K camera in her face. Um, did that jump out to you at all? And Because I hadn't noticed that close of a camera for the in-ring promos before. In the past, they've had two hard cameras, one that's for a super close-up and one that's for a wider shot. And that's how they filmed those uh, center ring promos before. So this felt different to me, unless I'm just forgetting in the past that they used to do that. I don't think I am. Uh, that stood out to me, too. And I, I actually uh, took stock of it more on the entrance ramp. Being that I, I actually had um, the seat that you, you went out of your way on one of the first podcasts you did with the return of fans to mention kind of the mosh pit effect, the, yeah. the back row in front of the stage. So I was actually on, on the aisle in the last row of floor seats directly in front of that gorgeous display. I mean, it's just, it's just stunning. It uh, is, anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, I noticed that more with the, uh, with, with the onstage promos um, and also the entrances. Uh, notably with Cena, he was making his entrance for the dark match. And I think what it is is that those handheld cameras are extremely wide angle. So you can be about six inches from, um, in this case, Cena's face. And to the viewer, it looks like you may be uh, you know, a foot or two away. But the, the amount of trust it takes, because Cena's he's, he's, he's running along the stage and he's doing all of his motions. Yeah. And if the camera operator yeah. isn't reacting perfectly synchronously to his forward movements uh, they could easily collide i just think the, the coordination and the skill these guys are carrying in the whole rig with the, the the gyroscope and the camera they wear this big vest that keeps it all in place i mean it, it's heavy stuff i have a lot of admiration for the the way that they maneuver around the wrestlers to get those shots but um from my vantage point there were multiple instances cena included sasha was another one uh zelina when she came out and did her mic work um as well, where we actually couldn't see the wrestlers because the camera operators were so close. I think it makes for better television. I do. I mean, there's a lot of things that would be as innovated that they've dropped. You know, the turnbuckle cams, the big words on the screen. They did some weird stuff with uh, a new kind of camera. Um, was it right around the right before the pandemic? I can't remember what the timeline was, and it it kind of it where it was a like soap opera effect, and people just didn't like it, and they dropped it um, for ring entrances. This I think works. Like I, I think it actually makes the filming more interesting it's not herky-jerky but it's also not boring when the camera's kind of 
moving along and filming them from below, uh, catching them as they are more freely moving around. So I think that is a, a subtle but definitive improvement in, in how they film those promos. So not everything they try works out well, but I, I think that did too. Also, the light-up ring, uh, the ring posts and the ring apron lighting up the way that it does, syncs really well with that gorgeous new uh, video wall and makes the whole production feel higher-end too. Yeah, no, 100% agree. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of a um, really enthusiastic about the, the set design. Actually, uh, my friend and I run a YouTube channel where we kind of use 3D modeling software and we, we design uh, arenas and stadiums and layouts for uh, mostly wrestling, but other things as well. But um, we, we get really into that. And, yeah. and I, I heard a lot of people quite upset about the more simplistic set design, but um, it, it's incredibly it's genius because every element that you see is scalable and modular it breaks down incredibly compactly it comes up and down quickly yeah. um you could go to anywhere from a major nhl or um nba arena to a small town civic center and, and scale those pieces up and down and if you have you know graphics that are responsive to you know, different screen sizes that they, they can rearrange and do all of that with, with these pieces. And it's, um, I just, I just think it, it's incredible technology and it, in person, um, it's just stunning. They, they had the, um, for the, for the dark matches before the show, they, and you'll remember this from when you went Wade. they, they had the screen just had the WWE logo on it and some very understated lights on the side. But, uh, when the show started and, and the, the house graphics kicked on and the lights came on, it was just, I actually like took a step back. It was it was dazzling. Uh, I really, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gushing, but it, I, I love it. I, I had the same reaction. I don't think people are going to know. I mean, now we're spoiling it for them in a way or prepping them. Um, I wasn't prepared to love it as much as I did. I thought on television it, it looked good, and I understood that it, it simplified and, and you know it, the production time it takes to te- put, build it and tear it down has to be a lot easier because it's not as just physically imposing and heavy. They probably eliminated a whole truck um, with that setup versus the old one. Um, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's you know a lot of storage that I'm not unaccounting for. But regardless, when I was in the building and that and Cena's intr- entrance video played, actually it was right before that too when they showed, I think, a WrestleMania video, it, it's like being on the streets of Las Vegas. Like you're just like – you can't help but just whoa. There's a lot of lights around here, and it's vibrant, and it adds, and it just energizes the building. So um, that's something you know for people who are into that. You know, look forward. That's something to look forward to seeing that in person because it comes across on TV, but it's really vibrant in person. You know, I'll jump in. I, I think back to the days that you know I went when uh, you know when I was a kid. My parents would take me, or you know, even when uh, I was going with friends, uh, you know, in my twenties. And it's like two different worlds. It really is. Like you just, you know, the lighting and the setup and the stage, it was nothing like uh, it is today. And even I would go so far as to say 10 years ago, I I don't think it was anything uh, like it is today. You know, uh, the last time I went, oh, I think it was a SmackDown uh, after WrestleMania in 2019. And uh, it was in the Barclays Center. And just... You know, they get the crowd hyped up, you know, we're going to be on in, you know, 10 seconds or whatever. I don't know if they did that tonight or, you know, we're going to be on in a minute. We're going to be live on the USA Network. Obviously, tonight's Fox. Uh, So that gets the crowd going. And then, like, you know, when the lights come on, it's just this, you know, (laughs) this magical production. You know, it's just it's uh, it's absolutely amazing. But uh, Uh, hey, I went I went to a TV taping in the early 90s in Bushkill, Pennsylvania, and it was a syndicated 
Um, or was it Raw? Uh, they taped a bunch of weeks at once. It was before Raw was a weekly live show. And, I mean, it was like basically a, a, a traveling tent like the, the, compared, yeah. to, compared to, you know, the production now. Um, you know, and the ring entrance was, you know, it looked like airport security now. You know, just a little thing with some lights on it. So they have come so far. And, and yeah. yeah, it makes the show more exciting. And it's fun to pay attention to the little nuances. I'll never forget. Uh, and I was the on-site correspondent that night with you. I think it was. Uh, I forget. I think it was you and Jason Solomon. And the one thing that I picked up on, like they had to sneak Kayla Braxton in to interview the Usos because they were taking the um, <laughs> they were taking the titles. I think they were taking the titles off the Hardys and putting them on the Usos, or maybe it was the other way around. And my wife and I are looking. We're like, what's Kayla Braxton? I said, oh, they're going to do a title change. That's why they're sneaking her on so that she can interview the uh, uh, she can interview the winners. So it's just it's it's fascinating when you're there to pick up on the little things that uh, – and that, that same night, Josh alluded to this earlier. That was when they were doing the Shane McMahon best in the world thing and he had to have his trophy. <laughs> well, there was a spot – where he demanded that his trophy be in the ring and he wanted it in a certain place. And you see like 10 guys like moving it out and they had to put like a rug down under like all this stuff and it didn't make TV. It, it didn't make TV. So it was just, oh, funny. you know, it was interesting to see that, uh, to see that set up live, you know? Um, so yeah. Check out our new 2021 PW Torch VIP podcast lineup, including Everything with Rich Fan, hosted by Wade Keller, where on weekends we get together and talk about everything. And that includes our popular Off the Beaten Path segment, where either Rich or I present each other with something to watch that's Off the Beaten Path, and we dissect and analyze and react to it. Sometimes it's weird, sometimes it's nostalgic, sometimes it's therapeutic, and sometimes it's just plucking something from the past that would work today that's not being done But we talk about uh, WWE, NXT, AEW, all the current events in professional wrestling also. It's a different format and a fresh podcast dynamic with Rich and me. Every weekend, everything with Rich Fan is part of the new PW Torch VIP podcast lineup for 2021. Let me, uh, let me sneak in two more questions for you, Josh. If you have anything else you want to add um, after that, um, do that, and then we'll, sure. get, we'll get to uh, Mike and Nick afterwards. You go ahead, Josh. Yeah, no. Nope, oh, okay. Good. Yep, so um, you mentioned the pre-show dark matches. Do you recall who were, who were in them? Yes, there were two, and um, the first one was, was very interesting. It was uh, Keith Lee versus Austin Theory, and um, Lee just had a face like thunder and came out was dour and just i don't know if that was um a deliberate change or a consequence of being put on to go huh. two minutes in a dark match and granted he won but um it was a, a total demeanor change he didn't didn't acknowledge the crowd didn't didn't you wow. know lean into yeah. his poses wow. in the way he usually does just very dour and in and out and i found that fascinating just based off of some of the insights uh, you've alluded to, Wade, and, and others uh, as well, kind of about his um, his his attitude towards things. And I, I, yeah. I, I hate to cast aspersions, you know, where I, I don't know any anything, but I just found that really interesting. Um, so there was that. 
Uh, if you want to comment on that before I move oh, on, I, um, that's fine, or I can, I can go you, ahead with the next one. You said Keith Lee won. Uh, d- just describe the match, what you remember about it a little bit. Was it? Did it seem like a in and out, or was it trying to? Did Lee get? Did they go eight minutes and Lee got winded, or did was it a great match with some good moves? Like just what? What was your memory of it? Oh, totally unremarkable. I, it was actually um, it started about fifteen minutes before the ticketed bell time, um, which was seven forty-five. Austin Theory came out at half past seven. Um, he did some heel mic work. Lee came out and won in I'd say less than two minutes with a, a jackhammer-like move and got out of there fast. And then um, we still had about ten minutes before ticketed bell time. Huh. All right. And then what was the other dark match? Uh, Aaliyah beat, uh, excuse me, no, um, Dakota Kai beat Aaliyah in about Ooh. five minutes with a Shining Wizard. All right. All right. Cool. I was going to ask because yeah, um, it's remarkable, cho- but yeah, it was what it was. <laughs> yep. Uh, Baron Corbin uh, last Friday in Minneapolis was sort of a, a crowd favorite i'm trying to figure out what the right word was because it's not like they were popping for him as a baby face but they they were into his gimmick and they you know they they wanted cena to give him money even though cena's scripted line was clearly designed for a bunch of no's but a bunch of people did yes chance and cena had to kind of adjust and go well, i i didn't couldn't, couldn't, quite, couldn't quite make out what you guys said even though it was like 80 percent yes um so we had to play dumb what was the reaction to Corbin tonight? He didn't quite get featured as much, but he did, you know, his sob story, uh, Mike worked before the ma- or after the right after the bell rang. No, I think people were really excited about booing him. Uh, it, people were laughing and as they booed, and um, I really enjoyed getting to experience that. Honestly, I think the, the move with him uh, essentially giving Cena the room to come in and take away Finn Balor's opportunity was just the permission that fans needed to continue booing because I think it's a character that's going to be very tempting for some to, uh, you know, indulge the uh, natural kind of empathy that you have with someone in his position. But um, I, 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 I liked watching people boo him. It was, it was really fun that, that people seemed to enjoy it. Yeah, this wasn't like no reaction. And it wasn't like, we hate you, but it's sort of like, oh, this is fun, seeing a guy who was so full of himself and cocky now down, in the, down on, on the outs, and you're booing him. But like I also get the sense people see – I don't know. It's almost like they feel like he possibly could be a redemption story, but if he isn't, then you know he deserves what he gets. And so it's just this kind of interesting place emotionally I think fans are with him. But I think what's cool about that character is that he um, – Never in a million years, I'm assuming that we call him Baron Corbin cool on your show. Wow. Uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> I think what is cool about the character is that um, he's a manipulator, right? I, I don't think anyone truly buys the, the groveling and the sniveling and, and, and the sucking up to, to get what he wants. And as soon as he realizes that he's not going to get what he's asking for, he snaps right back into, I'm going to beat you up and I'm going to be stuck up and rude and, and, and snipey yep. about stuff. Um, same old, you know, that same Baron Corbin's under there, but he has to try and, and do his little manipulation thing. No, I'm having a hard time articulating it, but I, I think it's it's a really effective, um, yet, you know, probably mid-card character to get fans involved, um, you know, at best. I, I think it's, it's fun for live audiences, really. Uh, Josh, is there anything else you want to add before we let you go? Because we got uh, Mike and Nick on deck next as callers. 
Yeah, um, I just want to vindicate my fellow countryman Tom Collahue from the very, very <laughs> mean Nick Barbati as uh, a fellow Brit. I, I, that, that nasty, nasty man, Nick. Uh-huh. Uh, you leave poor Zach Haydon alone as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's going after <laughs> Zach. My God, who could do that? Yes. <laughs> No, as far as the show, um, no, I'll just I'll just say you can probably tell from um, some of my insights. I had a, a really really good time, and as I alluded to, I, I didn't think I would, uh, but it was just fun. I, I every time I went to pick up my phone, they moved on to something new, and I put it right back down, and that just wasn't the case. The last three times I went to a live WWE show in 2019 and, and prior, um, so it was it was great. I'm looking forward to going back on Monday. We got to get Todd Martin to a SmackDown live SmackDown event just to see if he has. Um, a similar experience because the things you're saying are so similar to me too. I just did not um, expect going into the show, and and I'm open. I mean, I I pride myself in being open minded. You know, I mean, I, I don't go into any any show without a, a, a willingness to enjoy or not enjoy, it, no matter what my preconceptions are of uh, or my predictions are in terms of the the momentum of the product. Um, but that was for me, and it sounds like for you, we had very similar experiences. A really enthusiastic crowd. Uh, impressed by the big screen, impressed by Paul, uh, Pat McAfee's energy, uh, even at, even at, if you can't hear him, the energy he brings to the Nakamura entrance. Did they do a McAfee minute, by the way, during a commercial f- with you? Yeah, they did. It was um, right after Edge's entrance, they went to commercial, and McAfee really hyped the fans up on Edge and um, heaped praise on him for his comeback matches. And um, Yeah, he, he, he really just focused on Edge and, and, and got everyone excited about seeing him. Now, what I want to know is, did he say that you're the best SmackDown crowd yet? He did not, so I think he meant it last week. I'm, 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 I'm smiling a little. All right, Minneapolis did well. God, I was wondering if he'd just do that every week <laughs> as sort of a thing he says, or if it was going to be a this this week was a credibility check with him. So I was a good crowd, but I, I like you observed, Josh. I see Minneapolis was a little bit more into the product, and obviously they had John Cena coming out first, and that helped, um, and the surprise of Sasha Banks return and all that, but. Um, yeah, you and I are in this, uh, had similar experiences, and I think we we might keep hearing that. You know that people went in with with moderate expectations and came away thinking this product is. There's a group of fans out there who are really enjoying what they're watching right now, and it's a it is it's a check on people who just are constantly um, grumpy and think it's the cool thing to just rip on the product mindlessly. You have to stay on your toes because it's going to sneak up on you when they start doing some things that are catching on with fans, and you don't want to be the person who thinks they're ahead because they're always complaining, and it's a cool thing, if they're actually doing some things that are working. And, and you want to be there uh, to you know, understand that sometimes things are bad for a while, but there's some good that, that can be going on and it can sneak up on you. Um, and right now we're still kind of calibrating what, what that all means. I found myself in that very position with Boogs and with McAfee, as I mentioned. Yep. Um, I, I was the odd one out. I, I, I caught up to them. And there are things I'm going to continue catching up to after having been down on the product for so long. Um, my mind's open, and this show uh, was a, a big shove in the right direction for me. So cool. I'm kind of hoping that I bring some of this ebullience back with me to, uh, <laughs> to watching on TV. And, uh, and it's not just a honeymoon phase, I hope. One of my favorite words, ebullient. Uh, thank you, Josh. And thanks for the, uh, the shout-out to the VIP exclusive show, Nick and Tom's Intercontinental Adventure. 
That'll drop tomorrow afternoon, Saturday afternoon, for all our VIP members. It is uh, worth going VIP to hear their banter and their uh, hyper-focused take on the week in WWE. I always look forward to hearing what they have to say Saturday afternoons. Uh, uh, Josh, thank you so much. I hope all our on-site correspondents aren't as, as, as good as you because we don't want to eat up this much time every week. Um, but uh, you, you filled the time well, and we appreciate it. Uh, that's kind of you to say. It was a pleasure to speak with you both. And, and Frank, nice to speak with you for the first time. I hope you have safe travels, my friend. Thank you, Josh. Uh, you as well, and uh, great talking to you tonight. Awesome. All right, our number... Likewise, see you. Oh, sorry. sorry, Josh, I hung up on you mid-sense. Go ahead and uh, with a nice closer. What were you saying? Oh, no, just likewise. Thank you guys so much, and uh, have a great rest of the show. Excellent. We will. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Our phone number is 347-215-8558. Push 1 on the keypad when you call if you want to be on the show. On the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows, we get right into the top story of the show or the top talking point. But if you don't have time to watch Raw, Dynamite, or SmackDown and you'd like to get a rundown of what happened on the show, I record those every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday night for VIP members on the Wade Keller Hotline. The every single day Wade Keller Hotline takes on different formats, but after Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown, as soon as I wrap up hosting the post show and send it off to the producer, I record the Wade Keller Hotline reviewing Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown start to finish. I'll catch you up on everything that happened. I'll talk about key points in each match, key statements in each promo, and evaluate what I thought worked and didn't work, and add some other observations that don't make it out of the post show, maybe something an announcer said, something somebody in the audience did, or other production notes that jump out to me as I'm watching the show. So go VIP and make following wrestling easier. When you are a VIP member, you can hear the Wade Keller Hotline and listen to it as a primer before listening to our post shows. And of course, as a VIP member... The Wade Keller Post Shows have the ads and plugs edited out for a streamlined listening experience. Go VIP, pwtorch.com slash go VIP. That's pwtorch.com slash go VIP. All right, up next, we'll go as noted to Mike, and then on deck is Nick. We still have Javier coming up around the bend, too, for our uh, roundtable to close out the show. Uh, Mike, thank you for holding patiently. Uh, what do you think of SmackDown tonight? Uh, how are you guys doing tonight? Uh, good talk to you again. Good yeah. talk to you again, Frank. You too, Mike. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Um, like you guys said, it was a good follow-up show. Uh, nothing blew me out of the water with wrestling, you know, wrestling wise, but, uh, you know, the Sasha Belair promos, I think were really good. I think Belair and Sasha both sounded really good on the mic. And, uh, yeah, like you said, Wade, Sasha sounded really good tonight. And, uh, I did hear the laugh though, right before oh, no. they went to a commercial. No, she, did, she, she did do the laugh. No, I was oh, feeling he's so right. good. <laughs> yeah. He's right. She did it a little bit. Oh. I caught it. Uh, I was feeling so good. That's like knock SmackDown down for me. It wasn't as pronounced as it was in the Thunderdome, but uh, it was there. All right. It seems like, yeah, she toned it down. Yeah. but uh, I mean, I'll take a toned you know, down I mean, version. it might come back more, Wade, because she's, she's officially a heel now, so it could come back. 
Yeah, although I, she was doing it as a baby face, so I don't think she's, she wants to, like, admit it was heelish. I think she just, I don't know what it was, honestly. I don't want to talk about it anymore. It just freaks me you out. Think it, I mean, <laughs> I, you, know, you think she was scripted to do that, or she just came up, she came up with it? What do you think? I, I don't know. I, I genuinely don't want to think about it. I think it's one of the creepiest. Wade greatest. doesn't want to think about it anymore. <laughs> it is. It's one of the creepiest, most disconcerting things that's ever been on a wrestling show. And, and like, how does no one tell her, no, no, stop doing that? Why, why weren't people as upset about it as I was at the time? There were people who, like, were able to ignore that. I mean, she could have walked on, out on television and closed every promo by picking her nose and eating a booger, and I think it would have been less disconcerting than that laugh. And not everyone felt that way, and I just don't understand the world. Oh, I felt I, – I couldn't stand it. It drove me crazy. <laughs> so I'm with you. I could not stand it. It did nothing for her. <laughs> Anyway, uh, go ahead, Mike. <laughs> well, I mean, as a baby face, yeah. I mean, the laugh. I think it's fine with her as a heel. You know, I, I'm fine with the laugh as a heel. She's just, you know, yeah, yeah, no, I, and everything. But as a baby face, I, you know, I don't, I don't you ever. Know what I mean, I do not ever want to hear it again because I think it's, it's, it's just, it freaks me out. But you're, you're correct. I mean, if it's, if it's meant well, to be I, like this villainous laugh, it's. A thousand times more. It's a thousand times more in, in understandable that she would include it in her act than when she was a babyface. But I, I, I just think exactly. it's, it's it's one of those exactly. things where like if you're sort of like in the other room, like you know, fixing a sandwich, and and you're not you're half paying attention, and you're not you're not even the wrestling fan in the family, and then you hear that, like you would run into the living room and go, "What was that? What just happened?" Like that would just jar you out of whatever zone you were in if you heard that in the background. It's it's such a weird thing. But anyway. I don't want to turn it babyface by healing on it too much here. Well, it's a shame Steve Austin didn't say on the podcast, where did you get the laugh from? That would have been interesting. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, she I remember I would have been a, right? She probably would have. She, uh, God, that, that was, that was weird. Uh, that, the dynamic there too. Um, yeah, I don't know what was going on with her earlier this year. I love that podcast. Though. That was, I, I, I love that. Yeah, I mean, well, on the podcast, I think she was just being, you know, she was just being straight up honest. You know, she had a lot of confidence when she was training. She thought she was the best, and she just had a lot of drive, and it got her to where she is today. Yeah, you know, I think she just, you know, has a lot of confidence in herself. I think that's great, though. Yeah, yeah. There was some weird chemistry at times there, yeah. though. Um, I think Steve was a little thrown off by some of it, but whatever. Um, yeah. What else from SmackDown tonight, Mike? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, with um. Bianca Belair, though, like with um, her title run so far, like, how do you guys see it going? Like, I mean, she had those two matches against Bailey. She defended the title against Carmella. Uh, she wrestled Vega tonight. It seems like, you know, they're having her wrestle more than, you know, they had Sasha wrestle when she was the champion. Because I mentioned before, when Sasha was a champion, I would have liked to see Sasha defend the title more than she did. I mean, they had Sasha beat Carmella, you know, a couple times, Bailey on SmackDown, and I think that was it for a title run before she lost the belt to Belair. But Belair, she seems to be, you know, wrestling more. So, I mean, how do you guys yeah. feel about that? Yeah, good good point. Uh, Frank, your thoughts? Champ, and you, you think, it, come, you think oh. it comes to an end? Yeah, Frank, your thoughts on her reign and, and, and the end point? I mean, as far as Sasha's concerned, I'm, I'm thinking back to that time period, Mike. I think... They didn't necessarily have the opponents for her. You know, once she was done with Carmella and once she was done with Bailey, 
and really the only other opponent was Bianca, and that was probably why they were doing a lot of tag stuff. I think they were facing uh, Natty and Tamina, if, if memory serves me correctly. I can't remember exactly, but you know they were doing a lot of tag things until they ended that. In fact, I think they even went for the uh, the women's tag team championship at one of the pay per views. Maybe it was Fast Lane, something like that. So I think they were trying to uh, you know hide the fact that they didn't have the opponents. Uh, as far as Bianca's concerned, I mean, I don't think she's defended it a ton. I mean. The defenses against Bailey, yeah, she's had a couple of matches against Carmella. Um, at, that really has jumped out to me. Vegas I really have to tonight. sit. I, what's that? Is it Vegas tonight? But even though yeah, Zelina Vega tonight. Yeah, and, and, and we talked about that a little bit earlier. I, I'd have to think about that. It just it doesn't really jump out to me. I think with Bianca, you know, she's the top star, and they're they're also trying to get her experience. I mean, she's you know what I mean, like she. Uh, you know, I, I forget how long she's been in the business, but, you know, they're trying to get her exposure and trying to get her uh, established. So, you know, and they have the people that she could work with. You know, they, they, they've they had to work Carmella. They've had to work Bailey. Uh, they've had to work a couple of other. Uh, I even think they threw Shayna Baszler in there at one point, uh, which is a whole nother topic. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that that really uh, that hasn't jumped out to me as far as uh, you know, but I'd have to think about it a little bit. As far as how I see it going, I did allude to the possibility in the primer of Sasha winning the title at SummerSlam. I don't completely rule that out. The fact that they're doing the rematch, uh, you know, and the fact that they talked about the hundred day reign last week, you know, when they uh, when they bring up reigns, when they bring up. Uh, lengths of reigns it's a signal that you know they could be ending the uh the run and you know it could give bianca break you got some opponents you could feed to sasha you could always circle back to bianca later in the year so uh, i could see it going that way and i can also see her retaining too it's it's not um you know it's not a slam dunk uh you know what the result's gonna be some of it might be sasha's availability and what they want to you know if if they want her to have a long reign or they want her to just have a reign, but she has something else she wants to do or more time off. Um, crowd reactions can change plans too. You know, I mean, Belair got, has been getting good responses. You know, this is not, you know, people are reacting to her like she is a top star. They're not reacting to her like she's someone who's over pushed or prematurely pushed at this level. And that if, if Vince was not sure about her going, coming out of the Thunderdome era, um, maybe he's more sure about her now and, and, wants to commit to her. So I, I to me, I, I think it's, uh, I mean, they might have a logistical reason they have something set that they're absolutely going to do, but I could see ch- plans changing based on reactions to Sasha and Belair too. I think it's going to be a, yeah, a, t- a tough one to book. I'm not, I mean, they might already have the winner decide it, you know? Yeah. You know, who knows? But yeah. I, I think it's, you know, if I was a booker, it'd be really hard. I, I don't know who I'd have win this thing. I mean, Sasha, you know, I love her as champion. I'm a bigger fan of Sasha. I hope Sasha wins, actually. But right behind her, you know, I love Bailey and Belair. You know, those are my top three favorite women, yeah. you know, in WWE, you know, period. Yeah, I think that's so, a lot of people's list. If, if Sasha wins, yeah, if Sasha wins, I hope she, uh, or Belair, I hope she eventually has another run as champion, you know, later on in the year, which, you know, I'm sure she will. Yeah. And I think that match was so good it's, to happen. I think Belair and Sasha, you know, I, I honestly think they're going to steal the show again. I mean, I think that's just going to be a, a, another classic like they had at WrestleMania. You know, it's going to be either that yeah. or Edge and Rollins. It's between those two matches. I think one of those matches 
is going to steal the show. Probably Sasha and Belair. You know, and Cena Reigns, you know, that's going to be really... Oh, Mike, I think we lost our connection with you there. Mike? And I'm here. Oh, okay. Uh, yep. so you guys said yeah, just yeah, any of your sentence trailed off. Yeah, now we can hear you again. Yeah, I think Summers, I mean, we'll, we'll get more into it, you know, in two weeks. Um, otherwise, it can get redundant talking about it constantly. But, I, I mean, it's shaping up as uh, a good card on paper. Right. Yeah, it's a good card on paper. Uh, Mike, uh, anything else you want to say before we uh, move on to Nick here who's been waiting patiently for a long time? Yeah, just real quick. You know, I hope it stays Cena and Roman one-on-one. I really don't want Battle yes. in the match. That's definitely not needed. Yeah, it's definitely not needed. I don't want to see a triple threat. I don't know why Balor's in this feud in the first place. I don't know what they're doing here. It's not needed. You know, it needs to be like the Cena-Reigns feud before. You know, where Cena and Reigns are going back and forth in the ring, on the mic. You know, that's so fun. Like, their promos during their other feud, they killed it. You know, going yeah. back and forth. You know, the crowd reactions. And this time would be even better. Because Reigns, you know, is the heel. You know, it'd be so great. You know, so they got to have these two face off in the ring with a promo segment. They got to do it. I'm sure they will, probably you know, next week or the following week. But yeah, I, I don't think Balor needs to be in this at all. Yeah, you guys agree? Um, I, yeah, I, I, I'm fine with Balor being in the mix, and it might they might be planting a seed for uh, try to pop a rating. Um, one of the next two Fridays, uh, or to have something strong to do in September. Uh, there could be a Balor heel turn. So in here, I mean, there's a lot of things that could be going on that will explain, uh, in retrospect, you know, once we get a couple months down the road, we, we'll look back and go, ah, oh, that totally made sense. That's why he was there. It might be as simple as they just wanted to do a swerve on the contract signing, and now they're just sort of easing out of it too. Uh, but I, I just don't know yet, but I'm not, I'm not you know, as a rule against having him be in the mix with Reigns and Cena when he get got called back over to Raw or over to SmackDown from NXT, I, I think it helps make him feel like a big star. Um, and I think the key for that was for him to stand up for himself this week and also say, I still want that match, Reigns, you were going to give me. If he just moved on and said, oh, I'm just so mad um, you know, at Corbin and then just stopped talking about the title, I think that would really un- undermine the momentum that he might have, that, that he probably will have otherwise being called back up. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm I'm fine with the uh with the Balor involvement. I mean, they could be doing something with Balor and Cena following SummerSlam. I yep. mean, we don't, you know, it's the uh, the summer of Cena and you know, I don't know how uh I don't know how deep into the fall he's going. So, you know, whatever the paper or extreme rules I think is uh, September. He's probably having you know, fun. Be- he's probably having fun. Yeah. I mean, when you're cheered like this and treated as a a returning big uh, big deal um, that can cause you to go to Vince and go, hey, let's add some dates. And a Balor Cena program would be something I'd be into. I'd be yeah. curious to see how that uh, how that plays out. So, yeah. you yeah. know, very good. Uh, Mike, yeah, that'd be good for yeah, that'd be good for class shipping. Yeah, I right, might appreciate the call very much. Call again. Thanks a lot, guys. You guys have a good night. Yep, you too. Have a great weekend. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out exclusively for PW Torch VIP members.
All right, we'll go to uh, Nick in Brattleboro, and then we'll uh, round things out with a roundtable with Javier. Uh, Nick, thanks for holding. Uh, what have we, what have <laughs> what have we not covered, Nick? That you want to chime in on, or what do you disagree with us on? Well, one one month till football season. That's <laughs> I watched. Yeah, like, that was that that, that was nice. watching the Giants like before the last couple of years. That that was how I felt watching the New York Giants, Nick. So you know. <laughs> hey, how would you feel about being a Viking hey. fan and they're like, ha- you know, there's in, there's buzz about maybe they're Super Bowl contenders, and then you got to deal with Kirk Cousins, um, and you got to decide if you want to root for this guy. It's it's oh, Todd yeah. Martin warned me, but oh my god. Oh, I, I hear you. No, I. It's just real quick. Um, when I was young, when I think I was, I was ten, and we, you know, family took a drive across country, and one of the things my dad was a journalist, a writer for Look Magazine. And he had interviews and stuff at the uh, the Vikings training camp. And I remember going, and I was at the Vikings training camp, like, in 1968, I think. And wow. it was just like, I was in, you know, as a, I think, you know, small kid, huge football players. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, it's just, and, uh, and back when, uh, when the Giants used to play at Yankee Stadium, at the end of the game, they let you run onto the field. And you could go up and tap the players on the shoulder pads and stuff. Oh, so much fun. Anyway, wow. um, I have to I have to step in and defend my brother from another mother, Nick Barbati forever, <laughs> and Haydorn fears Barbati. I'm sorry, hashtag Haydorn fears Barbati. Got to stick with my brother Nick, you know? <laughs> oh, it's all about right. the name. Come so on. It's all about the name. I get, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, he's from Jersey. What do you want? You know, we're all gonna have to take sides before this is over, and I don't know. <laughs> hey, I love Zach too. I mean, you know, but um, I've a, a kind of a, the show was absolutely serviceable today, and and one thing I'm interested, in, I'd love to get your take on it since you were at the show, and obviously during the pandemic time and the Thunderdome and stuff. But even for, like, I'd say the last three to four years before the pandemic, so going back, like, five and a half years, it really started feeling, as a viewer on television, that it was totally for you, the television viewer, and the, the um, audience um, was a prop for Vince to do whatever he wanted to do, you know, and... From what you said, from what Josh said today, with um, uh, McAfee doing his thing, I love the fact that he was wearing cut-off shorts today, by the way. I <laughs> thought that was hysterical. But um, uh, that they, they seem to be in, like, the, 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 the uh, Seth beating up of Edge off cam, you know, the, during the commercial Charlotte putting um, uh, the Nikki through the the th- through the wall uh, during the commercial. It seems like they're hopefully transitioning to making the show more about the show, and then that actually makes better television because it's you're, you're now viewing an event. Um, like if it, it, one of the most boring things in the world is to watch a rock concert on television, unless the performer is so good that he's really 
playing to the audience, and so you become part of the audience. Yeah. Um, and I th- mm. and, and I don't. Uh, I'd be interested to hear both of you what you think has WWE kind of changed that, and do you think AEW has had any impact on that since their shows definitely play to the audience rather than just the television audience. I I think WWE was cognizant of the reputation that for a year and a half we talked about um, during the pandemic as a problem that WWE needed to address when they went back to live crowds. It was was a theme for months and if not a couple years before uh, before, the Performance Center and Thunderdome pandemic era shows. Uh, and and it seems like they had time to think about it and 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 address it, and I think they fixed it. Now I will say, I, I had a, I was sitting next to our camera, so all the wrestlers were playing to me. Um, you know my side of the right. my area. If I was sitting on the other side, which is the backdrop for the TV show, but the wrestlers have their back to you for so much, I might have felt differently. You know, I kind of was in the spot that the cameras, um, or that that everyone was playing towards so maybe it's a different experience if you're sitting in a different part of the building josh didn't feel that way but he was also right by the entrance in that magnificent uh vibrant giant video wall so you know the experience might be different to some degree depending on where you are in the building but they at from my last experience at a tv event versus this, this last one last friday it's it's they're way more aware of keeping fans entertained and that big screen helps as opposed to relying on the, uh, the the scoreboard hanging above the ring, it, it and and you know the McAfee minute and the, the you know eyebrow thing with the Rock and they you know last week they did an angle with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn that did not air on TV so um, absent again this week too uh, so yeah um, it just I think they're I don't know if it's AW or just time away or or hearing complaints but um, it seems like it's a deliberate thing that they did. Did you notice that when when Edge finished his promo he didn't go to the hard camera side, he turned his back to the hard camera and played to those people. Ah, yeah, that's nice. And then maybe that's just maybe that's just Edge being the professional that he is. Well, the Street Profits did he, it too. You know, they you might know. be telling the wrestlers, play to everybody. Yeah. 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 Um, now, on the negative side... <laughs> sure, yeah. Because I'm a picky son of a... I'm a picky son of a gun. You see, I didn't use the word that we can't use. Um, the, uh, so Bianca Belair, who's their women's champion, says, I'll fight you for the championship. Backstage, they say, oh, no, she can't make any decisions like that, blah, 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 blah. Then the next segment, Edge, um, challenges, uh, Seth. Seth says you're on, and within three seconds the match is, is 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 finalized. Let's get a little consistency, please, WWE. <laughs> uh, yeah, we I... need the rule book. We need the Wade Keller Memorial <laughs> rule book. Hey, memorial? No, no, that's not go there. Memorial. Well, you know. <laughs> Come on now. The Wade Keller honorary rule book. Yeah, yeah. Wade Keller inspired. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I would, I would, I would, yeah, I would like to be uh, alive to see it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'd like, yeah. I'd like to see consistency. And I mean, I, I, I am, I am happy that Pat McAfee pointed and Cole said, you know, last week, this is, this is ridiculous in so many words, um, with the contract thing with Cena. I like that Heyman is complaining. 
uh, about it. I like that Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville sort of have a smirk, like, yeah, well, Paul, we have the power to screw you over, and we're going to be unreasonable because you're Paul Heyman. Uh, deal with it. And there's sort of a, you know, acknowledgement of it. So, you know, I, I, I like Paul. I thought Paul was artful in his complaining about it this week, going, if, if I jump Tom Brady with a kendo stick and sign his $75 million contract, do I get to start for the for the Bucks and be... Oh, God, that was perfect. It was perfect. And so you want to have booking that can withstand mockery. And 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 this... And, and I think it's working. I think it's okay. Um, you know, just own what you do and let people talk about it in the way that viewers at home think it should be talked about and acknowledged. And they are. So I have more respect for that. If it doesn't make a lot of sense, but everyone's talking about a little sense it makes, that's way better than it doesn't make sense and everyone is just scared to mention anything and no one's scripted to say anything. And it just feels like a con. So th- this works better for me, even if there's some inconsistencies based on, you know, convenience of the moment. Yeah, I just I I also have to say that I just I so miss Paul and Kayla on Talking yep. Smack, which yep. happens to be back again. Vince canceled it for a week, and now yep. it's back again. So I'll yep. do a report tomorrow. I know. But, I, I'm having trouble um, keeping track. They, they 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 well, and then it supposedly Raw Talk came back, but I can't find it on Peacock. Hmm. And I mean, you know, because I was going to write a report, and it's like I can't find it, and. They they just destroyed that show. I mean, it, now it's just it's it's two bozos standing there, blah, 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 and then they do a two second interview, and then it's back I, anyway. But Paul and Kayla were so bloody good together. Yes, and you saw it tonight. Just that interaction. It, it, it's they they you know I don't know whether he took her under his wing and really brought her up because she's done so much better and um and they they obviously have a relation you know I don't mean a relationship but a, a relationship that Paul feels comfortable getting in her face and she feels comfortable coming back at him and looking at him like he's a nutcase and um I just think that's a great dynamic and I I miss it on talking smack and I just hope they keep um in this new live audience thing where they can't, you know, they can't do as much backstage stuff with Roman and him that they use that dynamic between the two of them to help move the story along. Yes, I, every, that, I will let you get to Javier before. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Before he falls asleep. I was I was so happy to uh, when 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 Kayla was standing outside Heyman's uh, or, or being, you know when Heyman came out of Reigns' locker room and it was just what 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 they they're just there's a. There's a joy of performance with those two together, and, and I, I, you can tell um, they both step up their game. I mean, Kayla just has to stand there sometimes, but she's great at standing there. You know, like, I mean, she doesn't steal from the moment, and, and her reactions are like a genuine, you know, they have a genuine, like, professional affection for each other to, to bounce off each other. So, you know, I'm not going to compare it, but I am to, uh, like, you know, Hulk Hogan and Mean Gene Okerlund or The Rock and Kevin Kelly. There's, you know, some, some, mo- some wrestler interviewer dynamics that that are historically memorable um and you know this has a chance to continue to develop into one of those i agree i agree completely yeah all right cool uh nick we look forward to your report at pwtorch.com updating us on the um the now revived resuscitated talking smack and the roh hit and misses yes yes (laughs) check those out too Thanks, Nick. I'll talk to you more, but uh, Javier is, is waving at us saying, come on, All right. come yeah, on. No, no, go to Javier. It's late. Yep, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a good one.
Thank you for listening to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. Did you know that through Patreon, you can get this show with the ads and plugs removed for just $4.99 a month and enjoy our podcasts on whatever podcast app you're using or directly through the Patreon app. Check out full details at patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. That's patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. Wipe away the ads to the Wade Keller podcast, post shows, and PW Torch daily casts. That's 14 pro wrestling podcasts per week with the ads and plugs removed for just $4.99 per month. Support us and enjoy a streamlined listening experience. All right, it is time for uh, Javier. So let's see uh, if we can have a little music for him here. Yep, there it was. Uh, Javier, welcome to the roundtable segment. Javier Machado, PW Torch VIP contributor. Um, what uh, what what say you about SmackDown tonight? Hey Wade, hey Frank. Uh, well, uh, first, I my favorite thing about uh, SmackDown was uh, following Frank on Twitter uh, as he rants and raves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, thank you. <laughs> uh, I yeah, that it, it's always fun. Uh, the uh, but yeah, the uh, my, my I think my favorite part was uh, Biggie of the show was oh definitely Biggie and his uh, uh, torturing of of, <laughs> of 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 Heyman just <laughs> Heyman's reaction was just priceless. Oh, he just the way he backed away. He had that mix of fear that Biggie could cash in on Reigns, but also fear that he was in the presence of an unstable weirdo who he had no idea what might happen next, like. Um, yeah, uh, Biggie puts himself out there. I'm not sure it's it's the best framing of Biggie for to be a money draw, but boy, when he makes a little cameo, you know, it's it's memorable. And Biggie can't help being Biggie, you know. He, yeah. He's got to do his little. Uh, he's got to do his little shtick. So you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how good that is, but as we'll see. When it's time. Well, as long as he, when it's time for him to, you know, to cash in, it, you know, he switches over to serious mode like he's done uh, a handful of times. Yeah. Then, then it's fine. But you know, when it's like a little cameo like this, and just to, uh, and when he's doing it to uh, Heyman, that that's fine. I, I wouldn't want him to do that with brains. Uh, and it's just that that ever threat, you know, that yes. you know that 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 you know the threat to just keep Heyman on his toes. That's the. Uh, that that's the fun part of the whole thing. So, right. um, the uh, so the Mysterio thing. Yeah, I don't know. It was it just me, or did Ray come across as heelish? Because I, I was thinking the same thing you were, uh, which was the uh, that you know the, that uh, the rebellious teen is going to turn on his dad because you know he didn't like the way he talked to him. Yep. But it does seem mm-hmm. like Ray is way too interested in winning over, you know, anything else. What what does stood out to you tonight in that way, Javier? The specifically when he said, you know, well, for, well, two two things. Number one, he's like, "Oh, I didn't need your help," which is kind of like weird and uh-huh. not like in a way of like, "Oh, I, you know, you shouldn't have helped me cheat last week." But that, that you know, so so there was that, and then there was also just the the fact that that he's like you know, he's like really interested in the winning part of it. That you know, <laughs> you know, you you know, why did you book yourself in this match? Uh, you know, we need mm-hmm. to have momentum so we can win, as opposed to like he wasn't really being supportive of you know. Okay, well you, you got yourself in the, in the match, 
it was more like it, it, he was like a step short of saying, what, are you stupid? You know, um, that was like the impression I got. I don't know if that's what it were meant to think or if it's just, right. you know, how that scene, you know, came across. Just in the video package, emphasizing, you know, you've been making rookie mistakes. Like, that's something you say to your son when there isn't a camera pointed at you. You know, and the fact that he said that and then they replayed it means they want us to focus on that. It's not a, a throwaway comment either. So, yeah, I'm uh, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. I, I don't know where it's going. I don't know. I mean, Dominic seems like a pretty sympathetic guy, but it's hard to imagine Ray being a heel. So... To me, the rebellious teen overreacting to Ray and learning the wrong lesson, I think, is a more likely path, even if we're getting some different vibes at this point. I noticed something, though, in Dominic's body language when he walked away from Ray. And I think he said that he didn't need or the announcers might have said that Dom doesn't need Ray. I'm not, I'm not sure what it was. But after they had the conversation in the back, there was something about Dominic walking away that I noticed. And, and I don't know. If it was like an arrogance or or something like that, but uh, you know, for certain they are planting a seed for something to happen. What it is, I don't know. Uh, you know, could it be Dominic turning on his father? You know, it's possible. I mean, uh, my friend Justin and I talked about it last night with Ray, and it's just it's so hard. I think it's going to be an uphill climb if you try to turn Ray because he's just always been a babyface. You know what I mean? So if if that's even what. Uh, you know, the uh, the possibility is I think it's going to be hard to do that. But Dominic really doesn't have that reputation yet. So, you know, if they decide to, you know, turn him on his father, it, you know, could be something that could work. Let's see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of stuff, uh, lots of stuff to chew on a little bit. It, it, it's There's too much there for it to be an accident. Um, Yeah, but I, I'm intrigued. I mean, I like it. I like that they're not just, you know, just smiling, one-dimensional baby faces. It seems like they're putting some effort and energy into this. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Javier, what else? Yeah, it was uh, was Dominic when he walked away. He said, oh, and I don't need you either. Uh, Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need help either. Yep. That's it. it, That's what it was. He said it like more playfully. Like, you know, he's playing into it. You know, know, hey, you know, I don't, you know, that sort of way. It was just Mysterio's, like, his cadence or, or his acting was more of, like, you know, it wasn't playful. It was more, like, you know, more more commanding. Now, if they do a story where he becomes, like, an overbearing father and then, you know, realizes, oh, man, you know, I, I, I screwed up, that's a good story. You know, if, if, you know, but with the exception of the Roman Reigns, that's not really the kind of story WWE usually does. Yeah. It's more like, you know, oh, this guy's going to turn. Yeah, but if they do a you know, oh, I'm pushing my son too hard storyline that in driving my son away, that would be a good story. So you know, hopefully that that's not like a straight up you know, mysterious can turn heel kind of thing because I don't think that's gonna work. And then like you know, just with the crumbs that we got today, having Dominic just you know all of a sudden turn heel be kind of like more of a kind of like swervy sort of thing. So I, I'm hoping that's more of the uh, the the former, not the latter. Yes. Um, yep. The um, oh, uh, I'm going to go just in order as I wrote stuff down. Uh, I, I'm, I'm disappointed when you were talking about uh, Jimmy Smith earlier, Wade. You yeah. forgot to bring up that he uh, only has a fourth grade vocabulary. <laughs> yes. 
I'm, well, other people are bringing it up on me now. I'm, I'm, I am not trying, but other people keep bringing up that I am not impressed with him so far. So then I got to defend myself. Well, I mean, I, Wade, I, I kind of was like, I, I, uh, on yeah, the the week that I the, that I was the uh, co-host, I I basically sided. That that's when I officially sided with you on the Jimmy Smith situation. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, uh, I'm on your team with that. But I don't want to turn him. <laughs> so, I don't want to turn uh, a a below mediocre baby uh, announcer into a baby face because I heal on him too hard, and I fear I might have crossed that line. Um, with some of the things I'm saying, but I am passionate about wrestling announcing and I am offended by people sitting in that chair and not improving quickly when they are as far behind on the product as he was at the start. And I am offended at hiring practices that hire people based on bullet points in their resume outside of wrestling because of the inferiority complex about just hiring people who love wrestling and know the product. That's why I really like Pat McAfee. That's why I really like Sam Roberts. He's super, super, super into WWE. He's somebody you should have on air talking about it. But when you hire somebody with credentials outside of wrestling, and that's why they got the interview, and they're not prepared and they're rushed on the air... You know, yeah, I'm going to amplify some of the negatives because I want them to get better fast because I feel they owe it to the audience to do that. You know, watching this uh, old pay-per-view that I watched for uh, my show, uh, Bash at the Beach 96, it it made me miss Bobby the Brain Heenan. It it really made me appreciate, you know, what he offered, what he delivered, especially that night, you know, with the whole uh, formation of the NWO and the dynamic between him and Tony Schiavone and just what they added, just what they talked about. Like, I, I, I gained so much watching the show, just listening to them. And, um, you know, for whatever reason, WWE has decided that that's not important anymore. You know, you know, we have that with Michael Cole, you know, that that's fine, you know, but uh, for Raw or, you know, whatever. And you know, we'll just, you know, we'll hire somebody because uh, it'll possibly bring some UFC fans in. And mm-hmm. it just I it just drives me crazy. Or impress the All network right. you know, or make NBC Universal USA Network execs happy because, you know, SmackDown and Fox got McAfee, but you got Jimmy Smith. And it's like you didn't get Nick. Yeah, it's just I mean. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not a fair trade so far. And you can be smart and you can go to UCLA and still not have an artful use of language. But if you're going to be an announcer, not calling a pure sport, but trying to describe wrestling moves and enhance the experience of watching a show, you've got to be better with language than he's been so far. Um, or it's or it's not for you. I want someone who, who reads a lot and writes a lot and has a, a, a really good descriptive natural way to describe things with what they do within the parameters that Vince McMahon allows. I think you can be better than he has been so far as far as that goes. So Javier, see, you're, you're triggering it again. Go ahead. Change the subject. Back to you. Or follow up. I don't care. <laughs> it's, it's, your seg- it's your segment. It's your segment. <laughs> Uh, uh, apologies. No, if not to you, then to the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> what? A, yeah. I launched the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter as a teenager in high school in the late 80s, and I've been covering professional wrestling ever since. It's been my full-time job since the day I graduated college. And I've followed every technology along the way and tried to be on the cutting edge, and one of them has been podcasting. We were doing podcasts before the word podcast was a word. They were just called audio shows for our subscribers. And a cool feature that we introduced last year are flashback Saturday night editions of the Wade Keller Hotline, where every Saturday night we post... Wade Keller Hotlines, all in one file, a week's worth of shows from 10 and 15 years ago. 
That means uh, you can listen to what I was saying about the news, about Raw, about SmackDown, about TNA, about WrestleMania hype, WrestleMania fallout, controversies, firings, matches that almost happened, and why they didn't happen. Every weekend on Saturday night from 10 and 15 years ago. For instance, the April 6, 2006 Wade Keller Hotline had a ton of insider news on the Hulk Hogan-Steve Austin dynamic at the WWE Hall of Fame and the prospects of a Hogan versus Austin match and how close it came to happening at WrestleMania 22, what stood in its way, and what the prospects were of it happening in the future, why Steve Austin said what he said about Hulk Hogan at the Hall of Fame during his Bret Hart intro, and what the backstage interaction was between the two of them. That's just one example of some of the fascinating reporting that was going on, likely before you were listening to some of my free podcasts here. So uh, go VIP. It's one of many, many cool benefits that come with a VIP membership. Get details at pwtorch.com slash go VIP. Quick, okay, so quick question. When do you best guess of when Selena Vega won her last match? Oh, God. I'm, I always do so well on these. Um, I don't know, 2017? Frank? Okay, I'll go with yeah, Wade. Got, I'll, I'll ride with Wade. Uh, I, Frank? I, Frank, uh, Frank, take, take, the, take the, the, I don't know if it'd be over or under. Take the over later. Most, more recently, you'll win. I'm, I'm exaggerating for effect. You know what? I, I actually will take the over. I, I, I feel like it was 20. Uh, I, I feel like it was 2019, uh, but go ahead. <laughs> September 21st, 2020 against Mickey James. Okay. Well, that's not too bad. Uh, okay. Her record, her record in the WWE is 523 and 1. <laughs> and if you include NXT, wow. it's uh. 5. And that's not including NXT. Including NXT is five thirty four and one. I wish Sonya Deville had said that. <laughs> and I, I even it'd be worth getting fired over that. Just like have that stat ready and just you know have Vince McMahon just drop his headset backstage and fire her if she pointed that out. Like, why do you think you deserve a title shot? You're five and thirty eight according to Javier. Uh, and because it, it, when she came out and she's like, "No, I want the title shot," I'm like. Okay, when when Liv was saying it, that was uh, you know just uh, uh, what was the word I'm looking for uh, unself aware <laughs> of where yeah. she's in the pecking order, right? <laughs> delusional. But then Vega coming out and uh, yeah, delusional. Yeah, uh, that that's a good one. Uh, oh, and by the way, some of her victories these count the the the, the these count uh, tag teams. So uh, yeah. a couple of these were when she was tagging with Andrade and. Mixed tag in mixed tags, wow. so uh, so yeah, it it was just something that something some, something to see, and the fact that they set it up like that's going to be the next thing to look forward to after Sasha Banks and <laughs> and, uh, yep. and, and Belair. Yep. You know, I mean, I mean, it would have been fine if they it was if the title defense was this week. Or if they schedule it for next week or something against Selena Vega, because you know whatever, just get that out there and give uh, you know Belair another you know easy win or whatever. But yeah, it, it's uh, just I don't know, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um. And uh, and Frank, I I, I know you you loved uh, uh, Aziz pulling. Uh, 
uh, pulling Shusuke off <laughs> off of Apollo so he didn't take the pinfall but still gets disqualified. So to set up the uh, the actual uh, uh, IC title title shot. Oh. <laughs> I mean, what you know? What 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 can you say? It's they, it, it's the same. Frank, you know. they Frank Javier, they flew to Tampa and got spent all, hung around all day in the back and then got all dressed up in their gear for that. That two minutes, like I mean, what a just a pointless totality of wasted time. Just just announce the match and let them cut a little promo and knock the segment off the show, or have them do something, you know, a dark match or something during a long commercial break or something. I don't know. That was that was just a crazy waste of everybody's time. I, I you know. This is talked about every week. It's the same, you know, it's the same story. Nothing changes, you know. Yeah. It's uh, crappy matches or, you know, matches with crappy finishes that teaches you don't pay attention to the matches because you're not going to get a satisfying finish. You know, you'll maybe get it at the pay-per-view, and even then you don't get it. So it's just like, what's the point? So, yeah, yeah. It's just, why, why wedge a bad finish into a show when it serves so little purpose? Like, they should be looking for ways to eliminate distraction finishes and dq finishes and just lame short throwaway matches so that there's like just matches seem to mean more and finishes don't seem so cliched and overdone and that was just so point it was it was almost the epitome of pointlessness in terms of a match that's just wedged onto a show that didn't need to be there javier and, and the most annoying thing yeah and the most annoying thing was the moment that they came out and they said it's a non-title match in their new uh you know lingo uh, the, I'm like, well, so this means that he's going to get involved. Apollo Cruz is going to get disqualified, and that's going to give him, and that's going to give Shinsuke the title, yep. Uh, yep. Uh, a shot at the title. And yep. so, and, and sure enough, to, at least it was only two minutes later. That I, I will hand them that they're improving <laughs> because it used to be that they would have a 15 minute match before they would do that finish. So at least it was like two minutes. <laughs> I'm not so, sure that's better, but I, I know what you're saying. I acknowledge, yeah, you, yeah your point. <laughs> I mean, I, if, if, I, if gun to my head, you give me one of the two choices, a 15-minute match with that finish or a two-minute match with that finish, I'll take a two-minute match. Yeah. Uh, but then again, you ended up making Apollo Crews look bad because he was in a pinning predicament where he might have lost the, ma- he might have lost the match. So, <laughs> yeah. It, it, oh. <laughs> uh, concentrate, concentrate on the good things. Uh, the... Um, uh, unfortunately, it's going to be bad. So at the end of the mat, at the end of the night, so you have Balor going to be up uh, three three on one advantage. This also makes because uh, I totally picture the scene in the back of Dominic wanting to go out and help <laughs> out Balor because <laughs> the Usos are there. Yeah, and Ray's like, no, 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 we need to save ourselves for SummerSlam or for for for, or for whenever we we're going after titles. So it just made it. I know that you know uh, Cena came out later during the dark segment to, to you know, but uh, that is what happened, right? I, it's, it's been a long night. I just shrugged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, everyone should turn on the USA okay. France so, so gold medal you, finals. There's like ten seconds left in the game. Go ahead, Javier. If you're listening, just throw it on the background like me. Uh, the basketball <laughs> gold medal game. The uh, yeah. So. So the uh, so yeah so I, I, it, it just makes from what we saw on TV it it kind of if you just bother to think about it for five seconds why are the what why is Ray and, and uh, 
and Dominic not coming out to to because yeah. you know, it, it is the Usos who are, who are involved in it. They they probably so, left an hour before you know, that. That's though. just is another. But it would be good if like no no, no I know what you, uh, I don't mean I mean it would be it would actually be a really fun like uh like little mini like uh Peacock exclusive or WWE.com exclusive to be like. Um, I'm Caleb Braxton backstage trying to figure out where everybody was when Finn Balor was getting beat up. Uh, Ray and Dominic, where were you? Like just, you know, or have cam footage of showing people just being nonchalant and like Cena trying to decide if he should help or not because Balor, you know, called him out earlier. Like just turn it into I, not like a mockumentary, but sort of, uh, you know, like this, this like sort of subplot to the main plot. Wrestlers deciding whether to go out and help. The other problem with these beatdowns is that they do them so much and it's it's you know they they did this for a purpose because you know they're probably doing something next week you know with the Usos and uh you know and Reigns and Balor and you know the Mysterios I would assume I'm assuming looking at a six man tag and you know back in the day they would spread these beatdowns out so they would stick out more but now you have them every week so it's just like you know you have to do it because it's part of an angle it's part of what you're doing Okay. Instead of just having matches with outcomes and this and that and spread the beatdowns out so they stick out more. You know, and then you can have people come out. You don't have to, you know, you can you can have any baby face come out. It doesn't have to be somebody that's involved in the feud, you know, and that's the other part of it. Only people involved in feuds can help each other. You know, it's not like back in the day where, you know, four or five baby faces would have run out. And stop the uh, and stop the attack. No, they have to have the attack. It has to go a certain amount of time because this is closing out the show. And you know we got to go. You know four or five minutes. We can't have anybody save Balor. And you know that's that's the problem you're into. That's just you know today's WWE as opposed to well, what it was back in the day. It wasn't like that before. Yeah, uh, Javier. What else? And I don't know. I'm I'm a little bit. I don't want to say. Dis- I don't know if it's disappointed. The word I'm looking for, but. Uh, you know, you have Balor confronting um, uh, Roman Reigns, and you know it's a Cena chant, so it's 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 good for Cena, but you know it's like I could totally picture Vince, you know, calling up Hunter and saying, "See, they're chanting for Cena, not Balor, not your guy Balor." You know, I I, I could totally I could totally you know hear that in my head. Uh, you know, so so I mean, I, I Hunter could then say, "Do you remember how you booked Finn Balor on his way out of the main <laughs> roster before we did our best to rehabilitate him?" But of course, then he did a job for Karrion Cross on his way out, which you have now completely extinguished any positive effect Murdered. from. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's just you know, with that in the cut today, it just it feels it really does feel that it's a. Uh, Kneecapping NXT. Wrestling fans, are you that person that works in a pro wrestling reference to every aspect of your life? Well, we're those kind of people too, but we do so with mixed martial arts. I'm Robert Viajos, host of MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans, every Monday on PW Torch's Daily Cast lineup. Not only do we cover every UFC and Bellator event, 
we provide context that only a wrestling fan would really understand. I mean, we're the type of people that if you ask us about how much of a mess the middleweight title situation is, we're likely to reference WCW in the early 90s. Think of us as a podcast for casual MMA fans done by hardcore wrestling nerds. And you can find us by searching PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or any popular podcast app. And we're always available on demand at pwtorchdailycast.com where you can check out the entire lineup of the PW Torch Daily Casts. I, I, I will say this. Uh, the cut, I think people are overreacting to the cutbacks. I, I don't know the story in Bronson Reed, but I was expecting him to get called up. So for him to get cut is weird. But, you know, I mean, Bob, you know, I like Jake Atlas, but I'm not like, oh, they cut Jake Atlas. Vince is going to now just disassemble NXT. It's like it's Jake Atlas. You know, you can understand like them thinking he's expendable, even if I think he had a good future and I think AEW should pick him up. Um but, I mean, 44-year-old Bobby Fish gets cut. Bronson Reed, who we thought was leaving it. And the rest are just, like, Mercedes Martinez had, you know, inconsistent at best performances. So, I don't know. I mean, I just, I think my 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 sort of hot take here, because I've been covering SmackDown and Ono Post Show, is there's a vast overreaction to tonight's cut, you know, the, the Friday night cutbacks here. Um, I do think the cross stuff is, is vindictive and, you know, in a passive-aggressive way. Um, but... I mean, we're talking a 44-year-old Bobby Fish, Bronson Reed, who wasn't that big of a deal in the, over the last year. He got some nice momentum lately, and that's head-scratching. And Jake Atlas, but otherwise, who else? I mean, I don't know. To me, if it was Gargano and Cole and uh, Theory and um, – I'm trying to think, like, who else would really jump out? Like, as like, okay, that's a big deal. But that's what it feels like people are reacting to is a cutback of, of – a more significant group than this list. I think it's just the combination of just cuts after cuts after cuts that, you know, it, it's, I think it's more the totality of the situation, uh, you know, more than, more than it has to do with who was cut tonight. Cause I agree. I mean, not the list is not, you know, Oh my God, you know, look, look who they got rid of. I mean, Bronson Reed does stick out to me uh, as one of those people uh, and the rest, you know, whatever. But I think it's just the totality of that. And then they had, you know, how many, what, two, three rounds of cuts this year? And then the cuts during the pandemic uh, last year. So I think that just, I think it just puts a sour taste in people's mouth, you know, and it's hard for them to get past that. But it, it's, this is like, those are all WWE main roster cuts for the most part. Like, the, my, my framing is this is not NXT, you know, being just shut down. This is right. a trimming of a bloated roster. Um, you know, they had more guys than they were needing. They didn't cut Kushida, Timothy Thatcher, Tommaso Ciampa, Kyle O'Reilly, Cameron Grimes, Santos Escobar, and Isaiah Scott. But people are acting like they did. Right. That That's my point. And, you know, not I, I think cutting people at the beginning of the pandemic sucked. And, and I think Todd Martin had a great rant on that on The Fix for VIP members uh, uh, over a year ago. But nobody people aren't guaranteed jobs. And when you work for somebody, sometimes they have an irrational reason for cutting you. And, you know... That sucks, but I mean, they have enough bodies to fill all these wrestling shows. And the criticism before is they were hoarding talent, uh, keeping them from from working, and other companies from you know thriving on the indie scene. And now they're cutting talent they don't need 
that they have their reasons for. And they may be good or bad reasons, but now it's like they can't win either way. Either they're hoarding talent or they're cutting too many people. That's like there's constantly – I mean, if you don't cut people, then you can't hire anyone. And there's a ton of people who want to get hired by WWE and let those people have spots to be, fill in and replace people who, for all kinds of reasons, some good, some bad, weren't weren't seen as progressing within the system. No, I think that's fair. Yeah, the the only ones that that raised an eyebrow, like you said, was Bronson Reed, but also uh, Tyler Rust and uh, Rosini Martinez. I mean, granted, I'm I am like a few episodes behind, so I don't know, you know, where their storylines are, but they were involved in storylines, uh, you know, at the time. Right. And it reminds me of the previous round of cuts where I think Alexander Wolf was in uh, Killing Dane, and some of those guys were involved in storylines when all of a sudden they got Ever Rise. I think was also you know doing uh, skits in the back. And they just got cut, you know, which when they were actual active, you know, participants, you know, in the middle of the storyline. So that that's more of the. No, that's totally a great point. The I think what people are reacting to, even if they're not articulating it or thinking it explicitly, is NXT's not like NXT management and creative are not having a say on this. It feels like Vince and Nick Khan are just rubbing their hands together going, how can we screw up NXT's midcard? How can we screw up their main event for TakeOver? Because, you know, they're not kneecapping NXT in the sense that Tyler Rust isn't going to make a difference either way. He, I, I, I liked him. I thought he was good. I like Jake Atlas. But you're not kneecapping the company completely by getting rid of uh, most of the people cut today. But it, there is that sense of a disrespect for the fact that they just formed a new faction with some of these people. Or there was an ongoing storyline. Or Cross is your undefeated champion and you're trying to make, rehabilitate Samoa Joe. And now you've had him lose two out of three weeks. So that I get. I just don't think these cutbacks, other than, you know, get rid of the latest faction that they, you know, part of the latest faction they formed. I, I, I don't think that matters as much as the sense that this is Vince and Nick Khan actually, like, trying to it, it feels disrespectful that nxt do, isn't given a chance to sort of wrap up some of these things uh, before they just you know cut off storylines midstream with cutbacks yeah and, and coincidentally the last uh the last nxt episode i watched because uh, I'm, I'm i was trying to binge binge watch them this week yeah happens to be uh jake atlas and mercedes martinez going up against uh uh what's the guy's name boa boa and yeah. uh shally yeah. Uh, it was, you know, so it just happened to have been, you know, wow, the two people, you know, th- those two people were, were, were the ones who lived. Yeah. Uh, and I was actually looking forward to eventually, you know, Mercedes Martinez being, because I think they were setting up, I, I mean, again, I'm like a couple weeks behind, I think they were setting up Mercedes Martinez to be, uh, you know, by um, uh, the, whoever their, that faction's leader is, was my guess. So that 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 would be like, you know, why not wait to release them until after you did that? If that was where you're going, <laughs> yeah. You know, again, yeah. I'm like almost a month behind. So, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, I think Vince is Vince is saying if you can if if I can have a, a women's division with with six women, you can have a, a, a women's division with six women. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the other thing that hurts is, is not having uh, the the depth for some people to you know lose, and then you're you're stuck just basically having the same match over and over again. I know. With, yeah. uh, Trading wins back and forth and yeah. fake finishes and it's mm-hmm. more and more like WWE. Um, but uh, well, if for for one, let, 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 let's go to something I actually did enjoy for the first time uh, in a long time. I did not hate something that Seth Rollins did. <laughs> okay, good. So I actually enjoyed Seth that Rollins. Movie. So 
Um, and that's considered the fact that uh, whatever they're talking about, you know, in 2014, I, I was not watching at that point. So I have no idea what, what history they're referring to. I'm going to look, I'm gonna have to, uh, you know, go, uh, go into the back stuff on, on uh, PW Church to figure out what they're talking about. But, uh, you know, considering that, you know, it, it seems like they're, it, it kind of feels they're, they're tapping into something like that's real for both people. And they're, they're really, you know, yeah, it, it feels more more authentic than than some of the other stuff that they've done. Particularly when uh, Edge said, "You know, you're just Edge light." Yeah, and you know that 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 kind of seemed like a cut deep. <laughs> yes, it did. Yeah, I, I liked how they each got under each other's skin and they each reacted like, "Don't go there! How dare you!" You know, and it it kind of jarred you out of thinking this is just a you know a routine promo without emotions. Like each of them, you know, Edge with his family and Seth with the. Um, you know, you're a derivative of, of Edge, and it seemed to be like Seth doesn't want to be seen that way. Um, it almost felt like, you know, Seth was channeling Christian. How dare you call me the sidekick to Edge? Um, you know, the, the emotions that, that were present felt real. Well, it was a good segment. I enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, I, um, you know, it felt real, and, and, and calling on the history uh, was a big part of it. And uh, it actually felt like two people talking, you know, which yeah. uh, is a rarity in WWE. It felt like two people that, that had a history. So, good um, point, yeah. you know, <clears throat> and, maybe, and uh, it's good when they talk about history, Frank. You know, I think fans want to be rewarded for having memories. <laughs> yeah, and the 20, it, it, it's calling on the 2014, uh, when, and Javier to color in, it's uh, basically uh, Seth. Uh, Seth attacked or was going to attack Edge uh, unless John Cena brought back the authority. John Cena was the only one that could bring back the authority. Uh, and uh, if he didn't do it, he was going to attack Edge. So uh, John Cena had to do it, and then he attacked Edge anyway. So <laughs> that was the uh, that was that story. And uh, it was uh, it was fairly well done. But, uh, yeah, to call on that. And I didn't even know about the uh, the Rumble elimination, or I, I didn't remember about the Rumble eliminations. But, you know, to call on those things. And, look, you know, Edge and Seth Rollins, I've always seen – I've always seen Seth Rollins – as kind of the second coming of Edge. And it really came to fruition for me in 2015 when he cashed in at WrestleMania. Like, that's an Edge move. That's totally an Edge move. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my friends and I, we were saying it that night, like, there's your new, that's your new Edge. That's that's that, that's the guy, you know, and he was the swarmy heel, you know, with, with uh with J and J security and all that stuff that he was that he was doing, and uh, so it's uh, it's nice to call on all that, and it's nice to see these guys finally. In fact, Zach and I talked about this on uh, on one of my uh, shows earlier in the year. We talked about you know who can edge, um, kind of have that moment that he had with Mick Foley at WrestleMania twenty two, whatever it was, and Zach was the one that Zach was the one that said Seth Rollins, and here we are. So shout out to Zach. <laughs> cool, cool. Uh, Javier, any closing words for from you? Uh, just uh, I'm going to be on uh, with uh, Greg uh, on Wrestling Night in America. Nice. Uh, so anybody has any questions you want to ask on uh, AEW, NXT, uh, you know uh, WWE? Um, uh, I still have a lot more to say on the whole Adam uh, Page situation and what's going on over there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so. Um, so yeah, so uh, send an email. You can send an email to um, wnia livecast at gmail dot com, uh, and listening on um, uh, listening call in on uh, Sunday. Excellent, uh, Javier. Great, appreciate it. Have a good night, sir. Have a good have a good night, guys. Absolutely, absolutely. 
Hey guys, it's Mike McMahon from the All Elite After Show. Every week, Andrew Socek and I break down AEW on our free PW Torch podcast. We've been doing this show since 2016. That's right. We're on our fifth year. When we started the show back then, we were talking just Impact Wrestling, and we still talk about them from time to time as well. And over the years, we've branched out to also discuss MLW, and of course, the main event of our program, which is always the latest going on in AEW. Again, the show is called the All Elite After Show with me, Mike McMahon, and my partner, Andrew Socek. You can check us out as part of the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. You can subscribe to our show and all of the Daily Cast shows just by searching PW Torch on any podcast cast app and of course you can listen ad free with a pw torch vip membership All right, we'll uh end uh just briefly here with a couple emails um frank um Joe from New York said, nice job by WWE on SmackDown tonight. I thought tonight's show was very enjoyable. WWE did a nice job keeping the focus on the SummerSlam build. The matches were good as well. I thought the Vega-Bianca match was well done. Both women looked good in the match. Bianca looked a lot more confident in the ring compared to four months ago. I can see improvement in her in-ring work. And I guess John Cena was in Hollywood this week. No, he was there. Um, Just wasn't on the show, we found (laughs) out. Uh, The closing segment was very good, but Roman should retire the Superman punches. The move is just too fake, and a badass like Roman would not use such a weak-looking move. I had the feeling WWE's thinking about putting Finn in the main event at SummerSlam. I was smelling a triple threat, the way Finn was talking on the mic. Could it be Cena can't go 20 minutes, or he doesn't want to go 20 minutes hard and fear he might get hurt, hurting his Hollywood career? In a triple threat match, Cena can take a nap for 10 minutes and just do his high spots. But this was a solid tour show. It was not boring. It was focused on SummerSlam for once. Uh, for once, WWE did what we were, they were supposed to do. Sasha was way better on the mic in front of the live crowd. You could see she was confident and had a focus in what she was saying. It wasn't like those backstage promos she cut when she was a babyface. Hope WWE keeps up the good build for SummerSlam with two shows left. I hope Vince doesn't run out of steam like he often does going into builds to big pay-per-views, a.k.a. network specials. Um, anything you want to react to uh, there, Frank? No, I think we uh, we talked about a lot of that stuff. You know, the, the I didn't think about, you know, Cena not wanting to go 20, 30 minutes, you know, in a match. So that that could – God, please, no triple threat. <laughs> I just – I don't want to see you, it. Yeah. I, I really don't. And, you know, not for nothing, okay, on that. If he can't go 20 minutes in a match, said, you know what? Don't bring the guy back. Yeah. Put somebody else in the match. It, it just – it doesn't make any sense. But I, I think Cena can go. I mean, I, I'm not – unless there's – you know, some people yeah. get injured. But I, Cena's a type who's going to be putting in the work to be in shape. I mean, I, th- I think he's got pride in that respect. Um, okay. Yeah, and he's still – yeah, yeah. He's, he's – a couple of years ago, he was full – time. I can't see him being far removed from his uh, ability to go, uh, you know – a decent uh, a decent amount of time so yeah i think we'll be fine i mean he's doing very short dark matches that are tag matches so you know he's not testing himself in these dark matches and you know so we don't have proof but he seems he seems like he's in good shape but you know it's tough for your when you're in your 40s and, and you're used to going as hard as he does in his 30s you know you hit a wall um but then there's tom brady all right uh <laughs> shay in brooklyn i really tried giving WWE a chance with the audience returning but the fact that they're still pumping in crowd reactions makes it nearly unwatchable for me the fun part of getting crowds back is getting a chance to experience authentic responses again but the opening segment was so full of pumped in thunderdome type crowd noise it was hard to get through this may not be a deal breaker for everyone but i think it may be for me 
Did this bother you guys as well? Even if I could get past the crowd noise, it doesn't help that it feels like I shouldn't invest in any talent. Whether or not they're on screen one week, they may be just a random budget cut next week. When we got a rematch after a rematch, I'll never understand letting so many people go. I don't usually have such negative feedback, but Roman Reigns is pretty much the only thing keeping me holding on. He's been a favorite, my favorite since 2013, and seeing him finally shine in a fitting role has been great. It's just hard to root for this company right now. I think seeing the latest run of cuts during the show really brought me down. Um, yeah, so I've said what I'm going to say about the cuts. I, I think there's a bit of an overreaction. Um, the crowd noise, I, I continue to like not be 100% sure they're doing it, but I also feel like I might be naive t- saying that. Um, being in the building at Target Center, I mean, they the, the body language matched the noises I heard. Um and there were reactions that I think if they pumped in crowd noise, they would have to make sound better than they turned out. Um, I asked someone at WWE if they're doing it. They said they don't think they are. So uh, someone who I think would know. Uh, so I'm not sure. I, I I don't think Josh brought that up. But I guess we just got to kind of – my point is, is, is I'm, I'm – being in a building with a super enthusiastic crowd and the fact that the crowds have been genuinely enthusiastic, it might just be shocking people going, well, this can't be real. But, I mean, I, I think it might be, Frank. Yeah, I mean, pumping in noise has been a part of wrestling for a long time. I mean, it's always been done, um, you know, but when you do it to an egregious extent, I think it becomes a problem. Like, I think Monday uh, during the Goldberg uh, segment, they pumped in a lot of noise, and that kind of annoyed me a little bit. I'll have to defer to you on the opening minutes of SmackDown tonight since uh, I didn't catch it. And uh, the point that I did, you know, finally catch on to uh, to the show, I didn't think there was much pumped in noise. But uh, as I said, I defer to you. And, and it hasn't been a common thing. It's been in post-production for pre-tapes. That was a big thing, even going back to like late 80s, at least, or maybe it was early 90s, when fans got really upset yeah. because there'd be all this fake crowd noise pumped in. But it was just this murmur of noise. And I think what happened is during Thunderdome, you know, Dota B got good at it. You know, I mean, they, they practiced. If you go back to early Thunderdome or early, you know, when, after uh, the Edge Orton match where they added the enhanced noise, um, they played around with it and got better at it. I, I, I mean, again, I'm open to information on this, but I, I didn't experience that in the building as a confirmed thing happening. And I think people are assuming more of it is happening than is. The Goldberg chants have been around for a long time. And and that yeah. was controversial when they would do that. But he's a cast as a baby face, and a lot of people don't like him. And even people who like him aren't that enthusiastic about him. And I think Channing Goldberg, it's almost like his theme song. Like it's just it's a, when Goldberg comes out, they're gonna pipe in Goldberg chance to spark, try to spark a crowd doing it. But beyond that, I mean, it's not a thing that is has been done because they aren't very good at it, and arena sound systems haven't been very good. Um, and it wasn't a thing until they had to get good at it during Thunderdome. So I, I'm just I'm still not convinced they're doing it or not doing it. Um, but I think some people are assuming they are, and they might be wrong. If that makes sense. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I just don't. You know, I I, I hope they're not trying to. I hope they didn't get um, so into what they were doing during the Thunderdome. Like, yeah, you know, we 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 want to have this reaction for this one. Yeah, we want to have this reaction reality. for that. So. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I hope they don't fall into that habit. So uh, just a comedic email here. Uh, 
to end things. Um, uh, Gregory says, I'm not able to watch or follow the show live tonight, but I did want to send an email about some actual WWE long-term, stel- tor- excuse me, long-term storytelling that has not been mentioned on air to my knowledge. During the men's Money in the Bank match at Money in the Bank at Titan Tower, Baron Corbin broke a mirror. This, of course, results in seven years of bad luck. We are now seeing an actual example of long-term storytelling with a payoff. So, Frank, maybe this is all happening because of that. <laughs> oh, my God. I remember – you know, it's funny. I remember I, – I was talking with Zach today, and uh, he actually brought that up. He was uh, – we were talking about something else, and uh, he was like, yeah, man, I, I remember us doing that Money in the Bank uh, on the canvas. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, what a match to talk about. What what a, what an experience. But, uh, yeah, long-term storytelling. That you we uh, I guess we should have some faith, and uh, there, yeah. there's your proof. <laughs> All right, uh, Frank, for people who have enjoyed hearing from you, how can they hear from you on Twitter, especially ranting during TV shows? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, look for me on Twitter, at Frank Pettiani. That's at Frank, P-E-T-E-A-N-I. And uh, for VIP members, the uh, latest edition of WWE Then and Now dropped uh, today, and it's the first in the WCW Files portion. I'll be going back from time to time and looking at, uh, you know, old WCW stuff. I want to check out some of the old bashes and, uh, you know, um, Starcades and things like that just to kind of – enhance my uh, my knowledge of history i had my personal friend justin girardi uh join me last night and he just did a fantastic job great we, uh, we've talked wrestling for years and uh it was nice to actually hit the record button and uh <laughs> yeah. you know put our thoughts on air so it was a lot of fun and uh it was uh, bash at the beach 96 just talking about that show and uh kind of reliving the nwo legacy so uh check that out and if you're not vip go vip pwtorch.com slash go VIP. Check back this weekend for more shows, and we thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Frank. Always a pleasure having you on. I appreciate the invitation tonight, and uh, always a pleasure to be here. Excellent. Uh, Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. If you'd like to hear this show without ads and plugs interrupting, there's one thing you can do right now to make that happen, and that is become a PW Torch VIP member. You get about a dozen other podcasts throughout the week that I host that are VIP exclusive, and you get the Wade Keller post shows and podcasts during the week with the ads and plugs removed, all on a separate feed exclusively for VIP members. Plus tons of other podcasts that are VIP exclusive, access to our full archives of podcasts dating back to 2004, which includes post-pay-per-view roundtables dating back to late 2004 also access to our full archives thousands of podcasts over 1500 back issues of the pro wrestling torch weekly newsletter that started it all add free access to our website and more check out full details at pwtorchvipinfo.com that's pwtorchvipinfo.com to get full details and then jump to our sign up form it's mobile friendly desktop friendly in two minutes 
You can be a VIP member, show support for us, and we'll give you a lot in return, including a streamlined listening experience on your iPhone or Android device with the ads and plugs removed. Go check it out, pwtorchvipinfo.com. Thank you for listening to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. Don't forget, we also have the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcasts. That is a blue logo show. This show, you'll notice, has a red logo. There's a very similar logo, but it's blue. And that's for our Thursday flagship, plus our mailbag and interview shows. We have first-run interviews and, most weekends, a classic interview from our archives. Just search Wade Keller in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to Pro Wrestling Podcasts and choose the blue logo and subscribe. Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcasts? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Wrestling Paradise at Peter Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the US, Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the Paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger, and our I Was There When shows, where a guest will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PWF Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices. Or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise. We're now on Patreon. That's right, you can support us and get benefits at patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. That's patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. We have three tiers, $4.99, $6.99, and $9.99. The first tier gives you all the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcasts and Post Shows and the PW Torch Daily Casts with the ads and plugs removed. That membership tier also includes the VIP After Shows that on occasion we put on extended versions for VIP members at the end of the Wade Keller Shows and Daily Casts. And it's compatible with the Apple Podcast app and any other third-party podcast app out there, or you can stream the shows directly from your Patreon app or the Patreon website. Or you can upgrade to Tier 2 for two extra dollars a month and add the Wade Keller hotline to the mix, a daily podcast just for VIP members who support us. Or you can upgrade to Tier 3 and get all the Wade Keller podcasts and post shows and daily casts with the ads and plugs removed and the VIP after shows and the Wade Keller hotlines, plus all the other VIP exclusive podcasts and a PDF and all text version of the weekly Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletter and a 20 years ago Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletter every week. Full details on how to support us and get so much in return with three different tiered options at patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. You can still support us directly on our website and get the full VIP benefits for $9.99 a month by going to pwtorch.com slash govip. That has not changed. This is just an additional option for those of you who are familiar with and like supporting creators on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. One of the really cool parts of being a VIP member is getting to relive history through the pages of the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter back issues. We have... Pro Wrestling Torch newsletters dating back to the late 1980s. We put a new back issue up from 20 years ago that week. And so when you go VIP, you instantly have access to over 1,500 back issues and a new PDF along with an all text version, if it's easier for you to read that on your phone, uh, goes up 
every weekend. And the latest issues include a cover story from the June 10th, 2000 issue on Goldberg's return to WCW and whether he's a solution to what was ailing WCW at the time. Also, my column titled Vince Russo is from Outer Space. And Bruce Mitchell's column, still timely today, unfortunately, of racist gimmicks and poverty pimps was the title. That's issue number 606. The week before that, issue number 605 from June 3rd features a cover story that talks about how there could be a shakeup in the wrestling industry with WCW for sale and ECW having an uncertain future. And also a Bruce Mitchell column spoofing Vince Russo titled, How I Became World Champion. If we go back another week to the May 27th, 2000 issue, it had detailed coverage of the Judgment Day 2000 pay-per-view, including my review and staff roundtable reviews of the Rock Triple H 60-minute Iron Man match, and also the final installment of the Lance Storm Torch Talk with his thoughts on various ECW colleagues. The week before that, the May 20th, 2000 issue, issue number 603, features a cover story on Ric Flair's collapse in the ring during Nitro, part three of the Lance Storm Torch Talk with his explanation for why he decided to quit ECW, our coverage of ECW Hardcore Heaven, the pay-per-view, and more. And then the week before that, the May 13th issue features a cover story on the changing TV landscape in pro wrestling, with the WWF moving from USA to TNN and a potential shift of ECW. Also a cover sidebar story on the death of an ECW fan after a hotel party and WCW Slamboree coverage. And the week before that, our coverage from the May 6th issue, number 601, of David Arquette winning the WCW title. My EndNotes editorial examining Vince Russo's controversial decision and flippant comments about title belts. Our coverage of WWE Backlash 2000 and more. I could keep going on, but that gives you an idea of what you're missing out on by not being a BIP member. Imagine settling in on the weekend and uh, kicking back and reading wrestling history, not through the lens of WWE filtering it to their benefit, not through people looking back on it through today's lens, but what was said at the time, the week it happened, by some of the voices that you are familiar with here on the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and PW Torch Daily Casts. So go VIP and relive professional wrestling through the way the Torch covered it in real time with contemporaneous coverage of pro wrestling's biggest events, biggest news stories, biggest personalities. I think you'll have a blast. It alone is worth the membership price for so many of our members. Check out details on everything else that comes with the VIP membership, including daily podcasts that are VIP exclusive and shows like this with the ads and plugs removed. Go to pwtorch.com slash govip for full details. That's pwtorch.com slash govip. Prices are as low as $8.25 a month on average if you subscribe for a year or check us out for a month for $9.99. Have you subscribed to the PW Torch Daily Cast yet? It's a free daily podcast with shows throughout the week dedicated to Ring of Honor, All Elite Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, Major League Wrestling, NXT, and MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. That's Monday through Friday. And on Saturdays, check out the Deep Dive with Rich Fan, where he examines a single topic in depth. And then Sunday nights, it's Wrestling Night in America with Greg Parks. You can listen live or download the show later at pwtorchdailycast.com. Just click on the live stream link. 
He takes your calls talking about wrestling's biggest events, either ones that just took place or previewing shows that are right around the corner. And on Sundays when WWE runs pay-per-views, he's live right after the pay-per-view at PWTorchDailyCast.com, reviewing the show and taking your calls. That's the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your wrestling podcasts or visit our homepage to download or stream the shows or find out more information, PWTorchDailyCast.com. I'm Rich Fan, host of The Deep Dive with Rich Fan, a weekly part of the PW Torch daily cast lineup of shows. Search PW Torch and Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern, I dive in with a guest for an hour on anything in the world of wrestling or wrestling related. Want to hear about the influence of historical figures like Big Cat or Ernie Ladd? We gotcha. Want to hear about how crazy the Marine movies got? We are on it. No topic is too big or too small, so if you want to dive in with us, call in live or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com.